0: Welcome to the Steve Travel Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute.
1: From the streets of Union City to your nighttime radio, Steve Travel keeps you in the jersey, no. From 7 till
2: 11.
3: Welcome to Thursday Night in New Jersey, Steve Trevelace. Enjoy this warm weather while you can. Dan will let you know when it all goes away. it rain today. Uh, so much to talk about tonight. Here at 1-800-283-101.5. Best places to make movies in New Jersey. Okay, I wrote the blog, and I got some movie people calling in to discuss. I'm also going to talk about the guy at the boardwalk. We have our own version of, uh, instead of like Tom Brady had Deflate Gate, we Inflate Gate. <laughs> And uh, the guy is inflating basketballs to rig the games at the boardwalk. And where do you the penalty he got? You're like, what? Uh, we'll get into that. The idea of electric cars in New Jersey uh, by 2035. We should all get rid of the gas-powered cars. Good luck with that. Uh, but what I want to start off with, my I'm very lucky. I have um, twin boys, 16 years old, Albert and Lennon, talk about him all the time. Die-hard football fans. Die-hard football players. Um, they are so dedicated to the game that they love and uh, to playing high school football and what it means to them that, uh, you know, every day, three, three, times, three times a week, Albert is taking quarterback lessons from professional coaches, Lennon, linebacker, tight end. This is what they want. Every day they're out with their friends throwing the football, working and working at the craft. And today I got them. Uh, Because you got to go get them afterwards because you know when you stay after school and throw in the rain because that's how much it means to them uh, The school bus ain't gonna be there, so I Got them in the car and I told them both that uh, You're going to learn CPR you're gonna learn CPR from your mom who's uh, certified my wife is a physical therapist and she's certified in CPR and I bring this up because I'm listening to uh, Jeff and Bill and I knew this I was gonna talk about this tonight anyway but your heart just wrenches when you hear of a 12 year old boy Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia who was um, playing football 12 years old his brother was 10 years old brother is 10 years old and uh, He's playing football, non-contact practice for the Essex County Predators, which is a privately owned youth team. And they practice at the Westside Park football field in Newark. And uh, he had, uh, he dropped on the field, needed cardiac arrest. Uh, I'm sorry, went into cardiac arrest, needed CPR. Unfortunately, according to his mom, none of the coaches knew CPR. And the story is on NJ1015.com. Elijah's mom, Raven Brown, told News 12 that one of the team's coaches called her after her son died and apologized that none of the football staff were CPR certified. In high school, you have to be. Private, not so much. And uh, what Jeff and Bill were saying, that, you know, Governor Christie had the chance to change that. And there was a bill to make that happen, and Christie vetoed it way back then. And right now, it has come back. Uh... Big 21 is the organization that owns a the team. They refused to confirm any details about the boy's death or that the call was placed. But Elijah was reportedly taken from the field onto a University Hospital in Newark, where he was later pronounced dead. Uh, you remember earlier in the year on Monday Night Football, Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac event. And I heard Joe Buck talking about this on the radio today about, you know, the ESPN pulled the cameras away. They didn't know what was going to happen, and they didn't want to show it live. Thank God DeMar Hamlin was brought back to life, uh, saved. And that team, those first responders, were on the field at the Super Bowl. Uh, but getting back to this, New Jersey does require all schools to have CPR trained staff and defibrillators at all practices and games. The law, however, does not apply to independent teams, leagues, or organizations. No official cause of death has been determined for Elijah, so it's not known if having CPR-certified individual at the practice would have saved their life, his life. But regardless of that, how could you not be CPR-trained if you're going to be working around kids? If you're going to be doing, you know, any kind of athletic activity, there's a reason why the law was passed for high schools. And, and, you know, school sports. Why shouldn't it be in the private sector on those teams? But one 800 my heart, your heart, you know, goes out to the family. They've launched a GoFundMe campaign uh, to cover the funeral costs. And on the posting, they describe Elijah as an outgoing, loving young kid. Loved dancing, loved football, loved his family. His birthday was a few weeks ago. His brother, 10 years old, was there. Uh, There are no words. And, you know, number one, I told my sons, because I don't know, you don't know what life holds. You know, you don't know where you're going to be or what can happen. But if you can learn CPR, if you can become CPR trained, certified, whatever, do it. And if you're handling a football team in any capacity, do it. And hopefully, you know, hopefully one of these many assemblymen who like to jump on the bandwagon and create laws and pass bills to get an hour of our time hears this. And uh, a law is proposed, like the one that Governor Christie did not. In no way is this, you know, are we blaming Christie or anything. He did what he did at the time, or what he thought was right. But as we stand now, what we've learned from this, if you're going to put your child in a league, uh, in a sport, in any kind of competitive game. Make sure, as parents, that you know. Because you know what? Uh, Cardiac events, if I'm not mistaken, are like the number one cause of deaths among high school athletes. So make sure you know What's going on? Make sure you know that someone on that staff is trained. And you know what? Like, I, for me personally, I don't trust anybody anymore. After what I've seen last year, I don't trust anybody anymore. So as far as I'm concerned, I told them both, you will both learn CPR. So that at least, God forbid, anything happens. I couldn't imagine, you know, being on the field as my helpless, as my brother is there. So I told them they will both learn uh, I uh, you know, and, and I think you should, too. 1-800-283-101.5. Karen, Trevor, do you know CPR? Have you ever had to use CPR? Have you ever saved a life? Have you ever had your life saved? Let's talk about this. Especially if you're playing sports. 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelese. here in New Jersey 101.5. Fast traffic. Bold and get cold. Join New Jersey 101.5's Big Joe Henry in Special Olympics, New Jersey for the Seaside Polar Bear Plunge. Jump in the ocean with thousands freezing for a reason Saturday, February 25th. All the details are on our free app at nj1015.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. The Seaside Polar Bear Plunge with Special Olympics, New Jersey. Only from New Jersey. 101.5, Steve Trevelis. 1-800-283-101.5. They say 12-year-old Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia he died doing what he loved, playing football. He collapsed during a football practice. Uh, apparently, the coaches did not know CPR. This according to his mom. Uh, what do you think? And should coaches know CPR? Do you know CPR? And uh, make sure your children, if they're going to play sports, number one, I like for me, 16 years old, go learn it. No matter what happens, you can control your own destiny. Two brothers on the same field? Absolutely. Uh, But also, make sure. Check out the coaching staff. Check out who's going to be training these kids. And what they know, God forbid, something should happen. Now, uh, cardiac arrest, death... Sudden cardiac death is the leading cause of death in young athletes in the United States, resulting in one death in a high school student every three days, according to some experts. In contrast, uh, the Center for Disease Control reports 1.5 deaths per week due to sports concussions. Trevor's in Bloomsbury on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Trev.
4: Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How about you? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, after hearing that story, that's really sad. Um, I'm a youth wrestling coach, you know, and first of all, my heart, my heart uh, and prayers go out to that family and that community. No. Um, I'm a youth wrestling coach. In my, in, in my hometown, we require all of our coaches to be C- CPR first aid and AED certified as well as get a background check. In my personal opinion, I don't think there's any excuse in the world why those coaches were not a, um, given a background check and B, whether or not they were, or they weren't. But but be most importantly, to not be CPR and first aid certified, um, or at least you know, one, at least somebody
3: on the field at all times. They just, I just I never heard of such a thing. And you think it would be I such agree. a no brainer? And the fact that if Christy vetoed this, you know, and the coaches I, I mean, from what all, the mother said, poured he water that. on him.
4: I can't believe that that, that he vetoed that. I personally have been CPR first aid um, certified since my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally have given CPR, uh, to one gentleman who I ended up saving his life. Um, he was overdosing, um, which was a whole story in itself. Um, and I also play for a competitive men's rugby club up in Morristown. And one of, one of my best friends, um, was on the field. I unfortunately was not at the game that day. And, uh, a, a gentleman from the opposite team collapsed. Um, was big, very, very fit. Uh, I think he was Pacific Islander, um, of, nationality. And he collapsed on the field. And one of my best friends, as well as a couple other people immediately stopped playing in the middle of playing a very competitive uh, game of rugby and immediately tended to his aid and ended up saving his life as well. So it, it is imperative that every single sports team in the state, in the country, everywhere should have, you're right, at least one person who's
3: CPR and first aid certified. Absolutely. Trevor, thanks so much for calling New Jersey 101.5. Karen's in Warren on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, hey, Karen.
5: Hi, Steve. How are you?
3: Good. How are you doing?
5: Um, I'm good. I am really uh, wanted to call in on this topic. Um, I, I lost my 11-year-old daughter to cardiac arrest on a New Jersey playing field. She was participating in Pop Warner Cheer and... Um, We did have one, one person who provided CPR and, um, and the ambulance, you know, they take a long time to arrive. Um, So, so you're dealing with the need, not only for CPR, but to have an AED and, you know, a lot of these youth organizations don't plan for the emergency events. There, there isn't an emergency plan and it's totally unacceptable for the coaches to not know CPR. Well, this um, is a private.
3: Now, New Jersey requires, and I'm getting a text from my good friend, uh, Coach Farrell, coaches need to know CPR to get hired for public high schools, and that's true. They need to get certified every two years and take a class. But this, uh, the law does not require schools to have CPR trained staff and defibrillators uh, at independent teams, leagues, or organizations. That's the loophole that needs to be fixed.
5: Right. So we, so... We um, we created the Janet Fund after my daughter. My daughter was Janet Zielinski, and right. um, we got Janet's law passed in New Jersey, which that law we started in 2006, and it, it in its original form, included playing fields and youth organizations, and we couldn't get it passed in the state because there was not support to, to do it at the youth Organization level, and You're kidding. we ended up like not wanting to pull that out, but having to pull it out in order to get the schools approved. And who would have a problem with that? Well, I, I know. Well, we had a real problem with it too. But after
3: no, no, I mean, like, who would have a problem like, having that included? It makes no sense.
5: Well, you know what it is. So we we wanted not only trained
1: coaches
5: but we also wanted ADs required in the youth organizations and, and on public playing fields. And like, we just couldn't get it. Everybody came out against it. You know, it, it was a lot of like. Individual they they didn't want it. Like they did not want to have to enforce that. And, and it's unfortunate. And, and then you see a case like this that is heartbreaking. And I know what that mom feels like to, To, you know, leave a sports practice and your child is fighting for their life. And, 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 and I, you know, I cry for her and I know what hell she's going to be going through for the rest of her life. And, and it is not a journey you want to be on and, and there has to be change. They need to mandate these youth sports and. They, the coaches they have to they have to know CPR and hands only CPR there's no reason not to give hands only CPR all you have to do is put your hands on their chest and press hard and fast and just like teach them you don't need to be trained to try to do that they're not going to live if you do nothing you have
3: to know also what to do Karen is the you want to give an address for the Janet fund you want to give a website or anything
5: so yeah, the Janet fund, it's, um, the Janet fund.org and, um, we, we fill a lot of grants and we donate defibrillators and CPR training to youth organizations and schools throughout the state. Um, we've donated probably 450 AEDs now to date, and we've got a lot of AEDs going out this month for heart Month. Um, we just trained an entire school full of teachers in CPR. So, um, you know we've got a mission and a cause and we're trying to make a difference and i and i wish we could have saved that you know elijah i wish i really wish we could have saved him and well, we really we wanted that law to protect him and and it you know we failed as a state to protect him and
3: well hopefully going forward you know hoping that maybe yeah, you yeah. and if, this call will make a difference if
5: life, yeah if his life can can make a difference for that last piece of the law we need in the state to get passed then you know he can always he'll he will always be remembered but you know there will be other kids that his life will save and Karen. you know i think that's the thing that as parents when we lose our kids we need we need to know that their life makes made a difference continues to make a difference and you know janet's law has saved 25 kids so far and oh that's year. great Janet was passed and so we are thankful that governor christie passed it but we need the administration now to step up and and, and make things you know better than they are today. They're they're better than they were in 2006 when my daughter passed. But they they have a little ways to go, and, and we need that last that last piece. And I'm um, you know unfortunately the world witnessed Damar Hamlin and what happened for him. That's not the response that you get.
3: No, and, not at all, Karen. I've got to hit no. the news, but thank you so much for calling. And I, thank you. You got it. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5, 1-800-283-101.5. So sorry for her loss. 731. Now the latest New Jersey news from Recreation, New Jersey's largest swimming pool spa, patio stores, having their President's Week patio spa and swim spa ridiculous one week only sale. Complete inventory of marine-grade patio pub tables, bar stools, deep seating sets, and CRP replacement cushions. Up to 50% off. Visit at home recreation.com, won't you? All right. Steve Trebley's. Do your kids play sports? Do you know that you know that you know that there's somebody on that field that is trained in CPR should anything happen? High school sports, school sports required. Defibrillators required. Not high school sports, private organizations, and not so much. A 12-year-old boy went to play football in Newark and uh, collapsed on the field and... Apparently, according to his mom, the uh, coaches did not know CPR. They called later to apologize. There is no law in New Jersey that requires coaches or team staffs to be certified in CPR defibrillators or AED devices that are required in schools and in schools events, but not for private or recreational activities or sports leagues. A bill that would have mandated that said it would have cost between 20 and $40 million. That was vetoed by former Governor Christie. So what does it cost to save someone's life? About $75. Uh, This is according to the story uh, that I'm looking at here on News 4. And uh, your thoughts? 1-800-283-101.5. Ruth is in Bridgewater on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Ruth.
6: Hi, how are you?
3: I'm good, how are you?
6: I'm well. So I am a... um I coach my daughter's second grade uh, soccer team in Bridgewater. Right. Um, I've been coaching her team since kindergarten. And this past summer, because of everything that we just keep hearing on the news with these unfortunate events, they actually encouraged us to get CPR certified and offered a course, which I did attend. Because between my second, my daughter in second grade, my second grade girls, and my son who's in fifth grade and attending his games, I do spend a lot of time on the soccer field, and I feel that all coaches should be certified. And even refs, in case a coach is not, um, refs are bouncing back and forth from all these different fields. They should even be certified. There's no excuse why there shouldn't be someone on a field at all times that is certified that can save someone's life.
3: For this situation. And no amount of money. No.
6: no, amount of money is worth, you know, the cost of someone's life. It's not, even if it is the millions of dollars, which it wasn't, I remembered, if you weren't going through the organization to get certified, I think it was like a $50 fee. If 75. you weren't certified to yeah. get.
3: 75, according to uh, the person quoted in this story. His name is Shelton. I, I'm not going to scroll for a half hour trying to find his first name, but trust me. Uh, now, according to uh, his brother, his 10 year old brother, Mackay Stratford, uh, he didn't get hit, no contact or anything. Ran about 20 yards, said he was going to take a little break, and uh, he collapsed. And the coaches didn't know what to do. Apparently, they were pouring water over him because they just didn't know what happened. They just thought he fainted. Uh, But there was nobody there. Now, the mom says that they called to apologize. The organization is not confirming it. But how, even whether or not it's law or not, wouldn't you just figure if you were going to do this, that you would make sure, if you were going to have a league, that you would make sure there were people on the field certified for CPR? Just, you know, isn't that like a no-brainer? And, yeah,
6: I, I completely agree. And even, you know, and shame on me, I, you know, having an 11 year old son and a seven year old daughter, I never thought to get myself certified prior to this being around kids all the time and different events until they offered it. And I was like, wait, like like the light bulb went off and I was like, why haven't I done this sooner? It's, it, well, this it's, is it.
3: this is it, this is why now, you know, hopefully this hour. You know, as long as we talk about this, it makes more light bulbs go off. Because they ain't gone off with me either. Heard it today. And you know what? I got two sons. I'm a very lucky man. I'm blessed. I got twin, seven, you know, 16-year-old boys. And uh, push comes to shove. They can look out for each other. I mean, they've been taught to look out for each other. Here's another way they could look out for each other. Uh, Mike is in Bergen County on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Mike.
7: Hey, Steve. How you doing, bud?
3: Good. How about you?
7: Hanging in, man. Uh, prayers obviously out for that uh, that young man and his family, and also my condolences for Karen who called in earlier as well for her family. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think I'm echoing what a lot of people said earlier, but uh, I mean, there's. I understand. I coached high school football for years. I played high, I played football in high school and college. Um, I had to do it, obviously, as you said. But you know, there's absolutely no excuse for uh, for you coach a youth sport. Have somebody certified. Um, I, I know another person who called prior also mentioned the AEDs as well. I mean, these are, these are easy things to learn. These are things that are very accessible. Um, you know, municipalities and private organizations that don't require it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's easy to email local, local schools, email superintendents, email athletic directors, because they do multiple trainings a year. Get your staff on, get your staff in there, get it done.
3: Yeah, absolutely, especially now since it's it's available. And how could the private leagues not be required to do it? That's just mind-boggling.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... I I don't know. I can't speak to it, but I just I just feel, you know, you're coaching. You're responsible for kids. You should do it. You know, take it outside of sports for a minute. I used to run. I was director of a day camp for first and fourth grade kids. And, uh, you know, ninety nine percent of our counselors for the summer were high school and college kids. And if they were CPR certified as an incentive, as an incentive, we added to their hourly rate if they were CPR certified to work at our camp because we valued that.
3: That's right, and you should. Mike, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. You know, this is a wake-up call for people who may not have even given it a second thought. Your kids are in organized sports, non-school organized sports, because school is required. Make sure somebody on that field knows CPR. And uh, wouldn't hurt to learn it yourself. And in my situation, both my sons are going to learn it. this 16 on the field. To achieve top dollar for your home, you need an agent who can create an auction-like effect with buyers competing for your home, driving up the price. Call Rob Dukansky of Remax First Advantage to get your home sold for thousands of dollars more than you ever imagined. Phyllis wanted to move closer to her daughter who lived in Pennsylvania, so she needed to sell her home in Edison. Calling Rob and his team got Phyllis the quick sale she was wanting and more money. Rob's amazing marketing triggered 57 showings, multiple offers in just 14 days. Getting the home Sold for $525,000, which was more than $25,000 over the list price. Phyllis was positioned very well for her move to Pennsylvania. Robert Dukansky of Superior Marketing to sell your home for the highest price possible. Call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Dukansky at 855 350 1015. That's 855 350 1015. Or online at RobSellsNJ.com. That's RobSellsNJ. Or Google RobSellsNJ. And then then start packing. Trusted. We Level Ace, 1-800-283-101.5. The tragedy in Newark. 12-year-old boy, Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia, love playing football. And he goes to uh, football practice with his 10-year-old brother and uh, has a cardiac event, apparently. And he dies. And his mom says, no one there. New CPR. It's just, it's heartbreaking. Prayers go out to the family. Uh, There are no words. Ken is in Lawrenceville on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Ken. Good
8: evening, Steve. How are you?
3: Good. How are you
8: doing? Good. 20 years ago, one of our board members for our local baseball association wrote to Bristol-Myers Squibb for a grant for an AED, which we uh, were... Accepted their grant. The next year, he went down with a massive heart attack. I was called to do CPR on him, use the AED, and to this day, he's still uh, doing very well after that. Thank um, God. He was the first person ever that I saw get up after two rounds of an AED and talk before he got in the ambulance.
3: What exactly is an AED?
8: It's an automatic defibrillator. So okay. um, to to. To lay people, it makes it easy because you put the pads on them. And whether it's an adult or a child, the pads actually know by the plug-in which it's for. So it adjusts the shock accordingly. So um, you'll actually stop CPR, put the pads on, and it'll tell you, you know, stay back. It'll actually check the rhythm. And then it'll, it'll either tell you to shock or continue CPR. Oh, okay. So you You're around to CPR. And um, and let it go through again until um, either you know EMS arrives or um, you just keep going until you either get help or um, somebody else relieves you.
3: How would you? How could you run a team? How could you have a league and not have this available or not have your staff know CPR?
8: So, it, well, I'll give you, for a volunteer organization, what our township recreation did, he actually um, took took hold of that, and he actually asked me to go back and become a CPR instructor. So the $75 that the people pay for it, mm-hmm. I did it for free for people. All they had to do was pay $10 for their card. We would go up to the township um, building, do CPR for anybody that wanted to do it, um, as long as they were in one of the Um, the recreational leagues. Right. And um, we would teach them basically for their card. Um, The problem is people, you know, when the incident occurs, everybody wants to do it, but after a while, everybody and Happens, and nobody wants to keep going
3: with it. I mean, you know what? That's where, Ken. That's where the team. That's where the members of the team, the coaching staff, whoever's involved, has to keep that. You know, keep that going, regardless of you know where you know where the popularity is or where the, the uh, top of mind is. That look, this is something we have to do. We cannot run this league. Insurance companies should require it. If anybody else. That you know, this well,
8: little league. Our, I'm sorry, and our director for um, the area, he actually made it where every little league locally should have that, and um, people should be so. The at the time, the 19 different leagues that were involved, um, they all got AEDs afterwards. So it's not expensive for a league to to buy them or maintain them or even write a grant for them.
3: You know, for this. They, no. It takes this situation, you know, to drive the point home. Ken, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Linda John, stick around.
0: Jersey Radio. I love what you do for the state of New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey 101.5. WKXW Trenton. WKXW X W eight.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Travel Hanging with you till 11 o'clock tonight. Talking all things Jersey, because that's what we do. And 1-800-283-101.5. We've got uh, passes to give out. Brian, bring me in the price sheet. we got passes to give out for the home show next week, and I'm going to be there. Between, uh, three, around three o'clock, I'm going to be there at Edison at the Convention Center. It's going to be a blast. And uh, a lot of celebrities are going to be there and me. Um, but we want to talk about right now. This is, this is tragic. This is absolutely tragic. 12 year old boy and his 10 year old brother. They're playing in a football league, a private football league. And, uh, they go to the practice and, uh, Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia, uh, dies on the field with his 10-year-old brother watching. He's there. And the 10-year-old brother, he didn't get hit. Like, no contact or anything. He ran about 20 yards. He was going to take a little break. Uh, I don't think he took enough time. According to his mom, no one on the staff knew CPR. And, uh, according to his mom, coaches called to apologize. So why? Why did the private leagues not know CPR? Because there is no law in New Jersey that requires coaches or team staff to be certified in CPR. Defibrillators or AED devices are required in schools and at school events, but not for private or recreational activities or sports leagues. A bill that would have mandated that said it would have cost between 20 to $40 million, and it was vetoed by former Governor Chris Christie. Now, uh, how much could it possibly cost to learn CPR? Uh, According to this story, about $75 dollars. But there's another way, and I'm glad that John and Rockaway hung out long enough to give us the other way because you would think with everything else you can learn, it would be this obvious. John, what's another way we can learn CPR?
9: Hey, Steve, it's another Fighting Blue Jay from St. Joe's. There he is. What's going on, John? All right. You know, this is not going to certify people, but just watching the video on YouTube, you may save somebody's life. Yeah.
3: I mean, again, I don't understand how even if you're in the league, you wouldn't take it upon yourself to go make sure, you know, CPR, you're around kids and, you know, you know, the situation, you know, that cardiac arrest is a leading cause of death among young athletes, one death in a high school student every three days. Why wouldn't you learn this? Exactly. makes no sense, John. Thanks for calling. Thanks for waiting. Let's go to uh, Linda is in Cherry Hill on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Linda.
1: Hi, Steve. Um, My heart goes out to Garcia and all the other families that have gone through this tragedy. I can't imagine. Um, I went to school in Philadelphia, a Catholic school, and in the 80s. We had a health class just sophomore year. We had to learn CPR. Think like it was required. Yeah,
3: I remember the dummy on the desk, right?
1: But yeah, right, the rotating Annie doll you had to do, and um, it was required to learn CPR. I don't know if I can do it today, but you know somewhat, you know what I mean.
3: Right. But um. But in a situation, when you're now going to work with a team, you're now going to be around kids, you're going to be in this kind of environment, and I know, like you know, you can go hindsight. No one, I guess, thought of it. It takes something right, like this, right. the wake-up call, and now the question is, if someone called earlier and said, okay, how long are we going to stay awake before he goes back to sleep, and nothing is done about it? you know. Uh, but the coaches right. have to continue to keep the fire burning and say, all right, well, you have to learn CPR going forward. If the, insurance co- if, the, if the state won't require it, insurance companies need to require it. Some assemblymen should make a law.
1: Right. I'm shocked that they're not required, that no one's required. That's just... I
3: can't fathom it, nah, I, I com- honestly. Yeah, I completely agree. Peter's in Lawrence on New Jersey 101.5. Hello, Peter.
9: Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm good.
10: You? You know, My heart goes out to him because I love football. When I played, we had a trainer. The trainer was a student. He knew everything about bandaging. He also knew CPR because we were taught in Notre Dame by Mr. Archer CPR in health with a book,
8: with all the signs of the ailments of cardiac arrest.
3: Well, this is something you need to be teaching the kids. And thanks for the quality of New Jersey 101.5. I told my kids they're going to learn it. You know, the, the coaching staff should know it. I would want everybody to know it. I would want as many people as possible to know it because you don't know who's going to be standing next to this kid. God forbid anything should happen. 1-800-283-101.5. What I can't understand, what I can't believe, is that it's not required for the private industry teams to know it. But it is required for the schools. And they could have had it. I don't understand where this 20 to $40 million comes from that it would have cost. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Joey's in White House Station on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Joey.
8: What's going on, dude, I think CPR should be like a number one standard if you're becoming a coach or some sort of athlete. And to be honest, I think school districts are more worried about teaching kids what gender they should be or all this other nonsense when they should be learning CPR and stuff that will help them later on in life or in occasions like this. Well, on a team,
3: if you're going to have a team and you're going to have a coaching staff, then the coaches have to know. You cannot get by. Joey, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. But this there's nothing to do with that kind of an agenda. This has to do with, you know, teams need to have people on staff who can administer CPR. And in this situation, it wasn't done. And the mother also said that it took the ambulance over a half hour to get there which makes absolutely no sense. That she beat the ambulance there. She heard what was going on, what was being done, nothing. She jumped in a car, got there, beat the ambulance. How does this happen? one 800 1015 I heard that from Jeff and Bill. You know, uh, and, 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 and only weeks ago, we saw what happened with DeMar Hamlin in the Buffalo-Cincinnati Monday night football game. Thank God he was saved. And my heart goes out to the family here that this could actually happen of Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia. And his brother is there, 10 years old. He's never going to forget this. He collapsed without warning. The brother called the mother while another parent called 911. And uh, no one administered CPR. The coach had briefly left the workout to run an errand. Oh, great. The coach had left the workout to run an errand. I have three other kids, and I had to get them dressed and ready, and I got there, and the ambulance still wasn't there, and I called when I got there. They were literally on their way, said Elijah's mother, Raven Brown. Witnesses said it was over 30 minutes before an ambulance arrived on the field, even though a police precinct was just a few hundred yards away. Newark police said the 911 call from a cell phone could have gone anywhere. No one at that field thought to get a police officer for help. You called an ambulance. It's a good question, though. You know, it's a good question. But if you call 911, wouldn't that figure that they would send? I don't know. How many, how many calls do you have to make for help? 1 800 283 101.5. Question two Have you ever administered CPR? Make sure. If your sons or daughters are playing sports, that someone on that staff, someone on that field knows CPR. All right. You know anyone who's being held back from what they want or need to do because they had to stop doing things altogether because of pain? Have you heard someone say, I don't do that anymore, or I can't because of my hip, knee, foot, back, etc.? If my etc. hurts, you better watch out. If pain is holding you back, you can do something about it. You need to go to Trinity Rehab. Does it sound familiar to you? I went to the doctor. They gave me muscle relaxers and pain pills. Told me to follow up in a week. Well, Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you have ever tried. No prescription needed. Same-day appointments. Fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it. Call Trinity Rehab at 800 977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions and no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania like their newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Tom's River, and Wall. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. Here's fast traffic. Busy weather brought to you by NJ Diet. Don't give up on your New Year's resolution. Contact NJ Diet today. They will contractually guarantee that you will shed 20 to 40-plus pounds in only 40 days. Call 855-NJ-DIET or go to NJDiet.com. one 800 283 10125 Steve Trevlin Going to be talking movie locations at 9 o'clock. Tom Baldinger, the director for Beer League 2 and a bunch of other movies that he's made will be coming in. uh, Best places to make a movie in New Jersey. The best movies that have been made in New Jersey. Have you ever, uh, you know, have you ever been in a movie that's been made in New Jersey? Go to nj1015.com. I got the PNC Bank Art Center lineup and it is amazing. So many great acts. Get you thinking about the summer, like this 60 degree weather's been doing. And the singing mozzarella man makes the best cheese in New Jersey. Saw so him at the pizza ball. He's amazing. Uh, I truly, truly amazing. Wait till you taste this. Uh, the, the cheese was like a like communion. People were lining up for it. All right. So, uh, you go down the shore in the summertime. And if you have kids and you go down the shore in the summertime and you walk past the boardwalk stands and they're all barking at you and they're all begging for you to come and play. And, you know, when you're a kid and you do that, you're spending a quarter back on You know, back in the day. You spent a quarter, maybe a dollar. Now you go in and like uh, it's a dollar apiece. You know, you want to you want to throw the basketball. It's like three, you know, three shots for five hours. Right. Or six shots for ten dollars. And you're just throwing money away like crazy because you're um, trying to win the prize for your son. I was down in, uh, we took the kids down to Florida to uh, Legoland and we go to the boardwalk that's down there. I forget what town Legoland is in. Is it Orlando? I'm not even sure. But we go down there and we go for a day, you know, on this uh, boardwalk. And I think the boys are like nine, ten years old at the time, right? So, so Lenin takes the ball and he throws it up and he hits and he rips it. And what does he win? A gigantic bear, like a life-size bear, like about a bear about as big as you are. And I don't even know what you look like, but figure he's about that big, bigger than Lenin. And now what do I do? I'm in Florida right? I got i I'm not going to buy the bear a seat on a plane, <laughs> so I end up going to UPS and spending like 40 bucks for the bear to be shipped home, where he became my dog's girlfriend, <laughs> and didn't last very long. Uh, but what I want to know from you, here's, here's what's going on. So you go you go to these boardwalk stands, right? And I mean, you know, on the one hand, this is kind of funny, and I got a text from New Jersey's funniest lawyer about this, John Bramnick, and uh I'm thinking about this, right? Uh, you know, he says, I won the big stuffed animal, lost the girlfriend because they only got a keychain. And I know that feeling. So the story here, which I should give you by now, is, is on NJ1015.com. The operator of an amusement game along the boardwalk in Wildwood in North Wildwood is banned from holding a game license for 10 years and must pay $15,000 for cheating players. Jersey officials announced this. Uh, According to Attorney General Matthew Platkin, unscrupulous practices were uncovered at a number of games run by Christine Struthers in the summer of 2022. She received seven amusement game licenses to open and operate uh, basketball and football challenge games at several spots uh, along the two and a half mile boardwalk. And this is like you heard of Tom Brady with deflate gate. This is more like inflate games, several basketballs. Used for the games were inflated to more than the manufacturer's specifications, some almost three times the recommended inflation, uh, based on the investigation over the summer. Operators are required to follow the recommended inflation specifications, as a failure to do so could unfairly affect the player's chances of winning. An overinflated ball can bounce erratically when it hits the rim or backboard. And I know that. You know that. You have a play, if you, you play sports. Right. If you've got an overinflated basketball, that thing is going to be like, you know, the second it touches anything it's going to bounce off fast. Struthers also violated regulations related to the display of prizes. At one of the locations uh, put large animals on display, even worn up for grabs. In one instant, the game operator didn't show any prizes that could be won. At one point, officials said an investigator paid twenty dollars for a quarterback challenge game that cost $10 and was not immediately given any change. Every person who plays an amusement game in the state of New Jersey deserves a fair shot at winning the prize. And that's what I'm going to ask you. A couple of things here. 1-800-283-101.5. When you go down, like, do you do you play the games? Do you trust the games? What's the best prize you ever won? Playing a boardwalk game. And I'll tell you, man, you know, I, I, I some of those crane games... Those crane games, instead of putting quarters in there, you need to put Viagra in there. Because you'll get the you'll operate that crane. You will drop that crane on the Beats headphones that you want. Or on whatever it is you're looking for, and then suddenly the crane will go limp as you're trying to bring it back up. Seen it happen a million times. What's the best thing you've ever won on the boardwalk? 1-800-283-101.5. And on the other side of that, how do you feel you were screwed playing a game at the boardwalk? If you go down and you're playing a game and you notice the basketball is overinflated, don't play the game. And should this person, I mean, be fined more than $15,000? Think about how much money at that price. If you're spending 3 to $5 to play basketball or any of these games, they're not cheap. They're not cheap at all. How many thousands? I mean, you know what? If it's only going to cost me $15,000, yeah, I could do that. How much money was made on that? We'll never know. So where are you? one 283 1015 Most money you ever spent at the boardwalk trying to win a prize. There's another one. Because I tell you, you go into the arcades, you know, and you win about $50,000 worth of coupons because you're giving your kid money, and you're giving your kid money, and the kid wants to play, and the kid wants to play, and they're going from machine to machine to machine. You get, like, a box of coupons, and then you go and you trade it in, and you got your choice of, like, a candy bar, a toy soldier, a pencil with or without an eraser. You know, most you ever spent at the boardwalk to win a prize. Best prize you ever won at the boardwalk. And what do you think should happen to someone who is... uh? Swindling people out of prizes at the boardwalk. 1-800-283-101.5. What's the best prize you ever won at the boardwalk? You take the kids?
4: Yeah, I take the kids all the time. Uh, My oldest loves it. And, of course, all he wants to do is play the games. And, right. you know, like $100 later, maybe we get a stuffed animal. That's what I mean. A
3: hundred. After a while, you take the kid. You go, Dude, I'll, I'll give you 50 yeah, can bucks. can we just, just go to Target and get you a toy? Yeah. No, you don't even want to do that. You want to. I, I try to bribe the boardwalk kid. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We can't do that. Come on. You <laughs> yeah. grab him over the kid. Look, I need that thing right <laughs> now. I ain't messing around.
4: You have no idea what I'm going through. Help me out here. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh,
3: you know, this woman here, this is This is unbelievable. And she actually got caught. We have our own version of Inflategate, and Tom <laughs> yes, Brady had exactly. nothing to do with it. It's eight thirty.
4: Now the latest New Jersey news from NJ1015.com. The FBI, one 1015 Going down to shore this weekend?
3: Uh, it's going to get cold again this weekend. I think, right? Pretty soon, uh, I'll be going down to check out the summer rentals, right? Uh, But if you go to the boardwalk, what's the most you ever spent to win something at the boardwalk? What's the best thing you ever won at the boardwalk? Uh, A boardwalk stand owner uh, got the basketball game, got the football game, got uh, fined $15,000 for cheating players. Lost a gaming license for 10 years. Is that even enough? When you think about how much money can be made at the boardwalk, uh, over-inflating the basketballs was among one of the things. Ellen is in Middletown on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Ellen. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you. Tell me. Uh, So I used to go to Seaside with my kids. Uh And there was a game there with the softballs that you had to get in the basket. Uh Uh-huh. And I was particularly talented with this stupid game. Really? And I won. Oh my God! I won. I can't tell you over a dozen life-size stuffed animals. Play stations, <laughs> what are you doing? With them?
3: Not another life-size
1: stuffed it was animal. Crazy people used to pay me to win their kids' stuff at the stand. It was insane. and the owners loved it when I would go there because then they knew that you know somebody actually did win
3: what did you uh, uh, what do you attribute your success to Uh, dumb luck what made it work you didn't have a technique or a system or you just just went down there and got lucky uh, the flick of the wrist the flick of the wrist the way that you put it in there and it (laughs) it worked it worked my kids
1: thought I was the greatest thing in the world
3: now does it still work do you still go back down It does it still work have you lost your touch?
1: You know what? I went back down there. My kids are older now. They're in their thirties. Uh-huh. Right. And we went down there last summer and it worked. And the same owner is still there. And two of the kids that are working the stand said, Oh my God, you're Ellen.
3: We are all about you. You're, you're cool. legendary.
1: Yeah. It was kind of cool, but it was, it's was a lot of fun. And these guys are really good. They're definitely not like this woman that got busted for what she was doing.
3: That is just so wrong. Now, what your best game was shooting the basketball.
1: No, it was the softball.
3: Oh, the, the softball. Basket.
1: And the, oh, wow, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard, but but it works.
3: How about that and you, you do you put an arc on the
1: ball or do you just uh just it's just it's a really got to do a really light throw and you uh-huh. got to kind of pull it up a little bit and it just kind of lands in there and stays in there.
3: And you walk away with lots and lots of big prizes.
1: Oh my God! I had ten like huge stuffed animals on my porch for a month. <laughs> they had to drive me home from the boardwalk the one night in their van.
3: <laughs> yeah, but but doesn't that? Are you like? Oh no, not another one! I can't do yeah. another one. Yep, yep.
1: Oh, That's exactly goodness. how I felt. But my kids loved
3: it. That's good. That's good. Now you give it to their kids. <laughs> Thanks for the quality New Jersey 101.5. Grandma's going to win you a bear. Uh, my mother was so friggin lucky we would go to either lucky leo's in seaside or sunny and ricky's in the seaside and my mother would go down we would rent the house every two years i'm sorry every for two weeks every summer and we were with another family the Provincianos, and we shared the house and my mother would go to the boardwalk and she would play in those days like a quarter would give you three she would play zero one and two and Alan Rowe, which is my father's name and her name, Rosemary. And she would play that. And that would be it. She put it across the boardwalk. And if she didn't win, we would, she would go down there and she would win so many choice of stand prizes that she literally won the Christmas presents for, for that year. All came from the seaside boardwalk. Blenders, radios, lamps, whatever was on you know, the choice of stand, she'd go home with it all. And those would be the Christmas presents. You know, whatever didn't fall off the truck came from the seaside boardwalk. Not that that ever happened. What I kid. one 800 1015 But I want to know from you, you know, because I see this. And, and, you know, on the one hand, knowing how hard you try to go and win a prize of the boardwalk or knowing how much you spend to, uh, you know, for someone to go down there and win, especially, you know, when you have your kids and they want to win and they want to win and they don't want to leave. And then you got the guy egging you on. And, you know, again, it's not a quarter anymore. You know, it's $3, $10. And all his money's changing hands. And you're just, uh, you know, you find out that somebody's been cheating. And all they got to do is pay $15,000. I, I wonder how much they made on that deal. But what's the best prize you ever won? one 800 or the most you ever spent to win a prize. Well, let me, how about this one? What's the best game to play? Like, if you're going to go to the boardwalk, or someone you know we're going to go to the boardwalk, they've never been here before, and you're going to take them to the boardwalk, and they want to know what's the game that has the easiest chance to win. What's the one game that you're good at? See Ellen. Ellen knew. I can't imagine throwing the white softball into the basket. Those those are like the fruit baskets, and every time I do it, the ball bounces right out. Well, then you had the other one. Now this is going back where you had the cupcake trays and the cupcake trays were painted different colors, and you would get the like the the volleyball, and you throw the ball in, and the ball rolls around the cupcake trays, and if you win, uh, if it hit lands on your color. Back then you would get like three packs of cigarettes or, a car- Man, oh my God, they gave boys smoking yeah they did. C- cartons of cigarettes, uh, stuff like that. Totally fine with no problem. There was that. And then uh, then the other one that would get me would be the, uh, the bottom shelf. I'm a total I have total residence on the bottom shelf. You know, back in the days when there were these things called record albums, you'd walk past the stand and there'd be like an entire wall of record albums. All the great albums that you want and you see the wheel like there'd be three numbers on the wheel "Ah, I'm gonna put a buck across. I'm gonna win it all and then you find out uh, That you got the bottom shelf and the bottom shelf was a promo 45 that you never heard of But this is this has actually happened. I go down there one year I have told the story on the radio before but bear with me Um, When I was in high school, you know one of my best friends to this day Glenn Stewart from the B Street Band so Glenn and my friend Jerry, the The three of us were inseparable. So we go down the shore, and I win Bob Dylan's "Blood on the Tracks." And it was it was a, of all the you know the bottom shelf, right? So the best of avail- I knew what Bob Dylan was. I got Bob Dylan's "Blood on the Tracks," and I promptly wrapped it up and gave it to Glenn for his birthday. Who wrapped it up and gave it to Jerry for Christmas? Who wrapped it up and gave it back to, back to me? for my birthday in March. 1-800-283-101.5 Give me the best thing you ever won at the boardwalk. How much did you spend to win it? Or how much did you spend to win a prize at the boardwalk and came away with a a bepkiss? All Jersey. Steve Trevelis. 1-800-283-101.5 All right, so somebody ripping people off at the boardwalk, I find $15,000, license suspended for 10 years. What did you win at the boardwalk? How much did you spend to win it? What did you lose at the boardwalk? Uh, coming up after 9 o'clock, we're going to talk about movies made in New Jersey, because we got director Tom Baldinger here. And uh, many surprises calling in. So, number to get through is 1-800-283-101.5. And also, I'm going to give you a chance to win uh, four-pack of passes to the annual New Jersey Home and Garden Show at the New Jersey Convention Center in Edison. And Annette is in Union City on New Jersey 101.5. Hey,
11: Annette. Hey, Steve. How you doing?
3: Good. How about you?
11: Okay, Um, I got a trick for you. Uh, You know the water balloon game when you got to shoot the water in the clown's mouth? Yeah. Okay, well, the trick of it is when you're going to play the game, you got to make sure when when the water first comes out of the gun, you got to make sure it hits the clown's mouth first. Right. And you got to look at the balloons, okay? You don't pick the balloon that's been already stretched out because the balloon is going to keep on stretching and stretching further you got to look for the game with the balloon that they just put a new one on, okay? Wow. That's the one that, that's, that's going to burst first, and that's uh, the one that you pick, and that one will bust.
3: I never thought of that. So the idea, Tom do you hear this? The idea is if you're going to play the balloon game, see, the way I would do it, I would just make sure that nobody else was playing but me. But this works, too, right? The, yeah. You have to go with don't use the balloon that's been stretched out. Use right. the All fresh the other balloons- balloon.
11: Wow. Right, the, you got to look. You got to look at it first to see which ones are all stretched out. Right, and then because because that that game you win all the time. So once they put the new balloon on, okay, it's it's not stretched out all the time. So you don't pick the ones that the balloon is already you know stretched because it keeps stretching and stretching, and eventually it will burst. But you don't know how many times that that you know balloon has been there. That so makes you sense. Pick the new, Right, so you pick the newest one, the the fresh balloon that's been put on the clown, and then that's the balloon that's gonna burst. Eight times out of ten, it works.
3: What's the best prize you ever won doing this?
11: Oh, I got one—a big husky because I used to have a husky dog. Really? I won a big—oh hu- yeah, it was a big husky dog and everything. You won the dog? Oh yeah, the Meadowlands Fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a husky, that? Yeah, I won it at the Meadowlands Fair, and every time I go there. I, you know, I shoot the water in the clown's mouth, and I always win a prize. She's there. really thought you this look-
12: thing through. So. Yeah, I like this. Oh,
11: yeah. You look for the newest balloon.
12: The newest balloon.
3: All right, Antoinette, thanks for the call. Write this down. Newest balloon. See, I would tell I would just spread a rumor and everybody run away. <laughs> Springsteen's over by, the, over, by, <laughs> over by the food. Mike is in Bloomfield on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Mike.
13: Hi, Justin. Good. How about you? I remember, like, way back when. Right. When you used to be able to win taxes, like, the cartons of cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, we were, like, teenagers, like, <laughs> like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. We yeah. used to win, like, cartons, cartons. Now how did you win them? How did you do it? I know it was, like, the kickball. You just threw it, and you, like, just figure, like, you know, it was lucky to draw. So you would, you would
3: try to break the bottles? Because I don't think they're easy to do either.
13: No, no, no. It was like you had, you had the little kickball, and you had to, like, throw it. And oh, to, like, the kick. cupcake trays. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. that's,
3: remember that? You, oh, you, yeah. The ball would roll around the different colors, and oh, you wait, and you get it like that. I like that. Do you still smoke, and, like, Mike? I, we were, we were,
13: yeah, I do, just uh, not too much because it's too expensive <laughs> Was that now, what like started
3: that? you smoking, Mike?
13: <laughs> What's
3: that? Was that what started you smoking?
13: <laughs> well, you gotta
3: figure. You, you go down to Seaside, right? The one time you don't get the choices, then right? You don't get the big stuffed animal. Lucky Mike, he wins the cigarettes, and now he's still smoking. Oh, no, 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 because though?
13: like we had our, our whole family with same in Oh, okay. The big family thing. So like me, my me, my siblings, and like mm-hmm. our cousins, our pet, like everybody would drop us off at the boardwalk in Seaside, and let us do what we had to do, and let us walk back to Waipahuette. Oh, I was the best. As long, as long as we came back. But
0: we <laughs> safety and numbers, right?
3: Absolutely. Mike, thanks for the call, the New Jersey
0: 101.5. Jersey News and Jersey Views live here. New Jersey 101.5. XW Trenton. WKXW all, right. all right. That's
3: alright. I'm getting you through tonight. New trouble East. one 800 283 We'll do it together. You, me. And uh, let's see. All the good things that are going on in Jersey. Number to get through is 1-800-283-101.5. So I wrote this blog on NJ1015.com. Uh, Doyle wrote a thing about four towns have been named film ready for movie productions. And I'm thinking, well, there's so many great places to make a movie in New Jersey. Where would some of those places be? So I put it out on my Facebook page. And then I'm thinking as we started talking, Rick Adana came in last night. We're doing the trivia. and he's going more and more depth. I should have called this guy. And I'm thinking, you know what? I should call other directors. So I sent like so I tried, you know, you know they say like shoot for the moon, you land on the stars. I tried for Spielberg. <laughs> and instead I got Tom Baldenshot. <laughs> <laughs> From 624 <to> Productions, <laughs> who has been here before, good friend of the show. He brings garlic knots. We love him, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, he's doing beer league too with uh, Jimmy Palumbo, who's going to call in later uh, yeah. with uh, Artie Lang, Ralph Macchio in the original, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, any update on Artie Lang, Ralph Macchio?
12: Uh, I'll uh, I'll defer to to Jimmy when he calls. Jimmy, him. okay. Can, let him uh, let him give you an update on what's going on there.
3: Oh, okay, all right. So there's something going on.
12: Why, well, you know, right, Jimmy, right, okay. people are
3: always talking. They're always talking. <laughs> okay. And uh, and you got another uh, TV series, Unsuited. That's correct. With one of my heroes, uh, Anthony Dennison, who I loved growing up. I was a big Crime Story fan. hmm. I was a big Wise Guy fan. Yeah. And it was that part of 86, 87. And he, I think he goes on to do major crimes, and uh, I even watch those Cashbury commercials. <laughs> I think he's that good. Uh, but anyway, so he's going to call in later, and we'll talk. Uh, so now, so now, how long have you been
12: doing movies? I've uh, <clears throat> been doing it since uh, uh, two thousand. What are we in two thousand twenty-three? I forget what year. So at least for the past ten years.
3: How about that? Yeah, and. Now what with beer league? Like how's it going? How's the production?
12: Going? It's going great. We're uh, we're uh, we've got like five little short vignettes uh, episodes right. uh, that we're in post production right now. We're actually, are was just looking at it today. Uh, it's looking great. We're looking yeah. at episode one. Yeah, yeah. We got it's it's looking great. Your opening I, I, day is coming up. I, Jimmy Jimmy keeps calling me. He's like, when am I going to see him? When am I going to see him? And I'm like, don't worry, don't worry. But it's coming along nice. Right. pitches and catches. <laughs> right. So now, what got you into movies? Uh, I was uh, I went to <laughs> Wagner College, Staten Island, uh, mm-hmm. as a theater major, uh, and. After college, uh, my parents said, "You got to go get a job. You got to work working. <laughs> um, and so I did. And um, you know, I went to I went to Mike Nichols Acting School for uh, for my graduate for my the master's. director. Yeah, how about that? Uh, I went there for my masters, and it was like uh, it was a two year program. And in a year in, I realized I'm not a good actor, but I loved writing and directing. Um, and so I wrote my first play back in 1998 called Last Call. And friends and family raised money. And after that, I wrote another play. And then the second play that I wrote was Two Sides of Love. Somebody said to me, you got to make a movie of this. And I met my first DP, uh, Jeff Sesselberg, who was the stage manager of the theater that we put it up at, Edison Valley Playhouse. And he said to me, Dude, I've got a camera. And I went, okay, great, raise money. And we made our first short film called Two Sides of Love. And uh, it's been downhill from there. Ronnie Marmo was our star in that, who's from Woodbridge. Um, Oh, Ronnie's great. He mentored me uh, and has been a a good friend and a good mentor to me uh, for a long time now. 68 Productions? Uh, uh, six, uh, 68, 68, 68 Cent. cent 68, 68
3: Cent. 68 Theater, yeah. He went through 67 other names before he came up with that one. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, I, uh, well, you saw Ronnie in uh, I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce. Yes, I did. Amazing. And, and
12: 624 Productions were one of multiple, uh, you know, uh, producers or investors of that of that show. What an incredible show. Oh, and amazing.
3: I saw it at the uh, Count Basie, oh. you know, at the Vogel. Oh, yeah. And well, you, you were you probably there the same night I was? He didn't say hello. Okay. I'm sorry that's all right no garlic knots right i could smell the garlic i probably had them next to me i wonder that's all right but yeah so now tell me the great things about you know what
12: makes you want to
3: work in new jersey what makes you film in
12: jersey there's just so many different options i mean with unsuited we shot down atlantic city we shot in somerset you've got somerville you've got princeton you got red bank i mean kevin smith from red bank so when there's just you got the beaches you got parks there's a lot of you know, because there's so many. You know, we we celebrate the four seasons of you know summer, spring, winter, and fall here. So you get a lot of different options of of, of just the state itself. So it's I love shooting in New Jersey anywhere, and you got you got Jersey City to shoot in. So you've got the, you know, you got the the skyline of New York City right there. Right. So you've got a lot of options, and that's what's that's what makes Jersey such a great spot to to film in. And a lot of people are a lot of businesses, local businesses are offering their places for us to shoot at. And, really? You know, we'll so you save a lot of money because you don't have to replicate that set. No, you'd rather, me, I'd rather be on location than, than building the set. I think you get that authenticity of what you're really looking for.
3: And Governor Murphy's made it easier he to work in New Jersey.
12: Definitely has, definitely has, with the tax incentives and everything like that. So, and now you've got Netflix building the studio at <laughs> Fort Monmouth. Uh, you've got Lionsgate building a studio up in North Jersey. So it's 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 building here, and it's a great spot. And you know, if you look at some of the greatest actors, writers, and directors, a lot of them came out of New Jersey. Area. Absolutely, and they left Spielberg. Yeah, you know, among the many. Yeah.
3: Right, this I one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Is I want to do uh, a couple of things. I got Tom Balder here in the studio. I've got tickets to give out here uh, for the home show. Uh, it's going to be next weekend, and it's going to be fantastic, and you're going to want to go. And what I want to do here, I, we have movie trivia questions. I got a handful, and uh, Tom's got a handful. You call up if you want to win the tickets. We'll give you a question. They're four pack of passes to the annual Jersey Home and Garden Show at the New Jersey Convention Center. It's so the thirty third annual hundred of exhibitors product services for every homeowner call in we'll give you the movie question you win you get the prizes it is that simple while they last you go to new jersey the other thing is give me a great movie that was made in new jersey that you loved have you ever been in a movie in new jersey or have you ever like you, you watch in the movie and suddenly it's taking place in Jersey, and you see your neighborhood, or you see something that you know. Like the uh, the Sopranos opening. I did the Sopranos tour. They used to have a tour, a bus. And it would take Tony three and a half hours to make that commute wow. that they show you in that opening. Wow. But it's all those, the Lumberjack, the mm-hmm. Pizzerama, and all that. Yeah. Right, we've got uh, Tom Ryan is uh, another movie maker, and uh, he joins us now on New Jersey 101.5. He's a horror movie guy. How you doing, Tom?
9: I'm doing good, Steve. How are
3: you? Excellent, man. Tell me about yourself.
14: Man, I was born and raised in Jersey City. I I hear Tom over there talking about shooting in Jersey City. It's where I shot my first feature film. Awesome. Uh, Went to Jersey City State College for a few years. I majored in the media arts there until I ran out of money and had to drop out and get a real job. And uh, (laughs) I started (laughs) in Jersey
3: City. God only knows.
14: (laughs) That's it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I started making movies probably roughly about ten to uh, twelve years ago um independent films i was i was living in bloomfield new jersey at the time started shooting here bloomfield's uh treated me real well making films and um you know like tom i've shot all over the garden state man and it's it's uh it's a fantastic place with great locations and just uh, again to repeat what he said and echo the businesses townships people people love the movie business and they're very open uh, they're very welcome to uh, welcoming to uh, independent filmmakers, they they love it. Uh, they love to get involved, and they love to let us shoot in places at, at discounted rates.
3: <laughs> there you go, there you go. And you you're more in the horror genre, right? You officially created yeah. theater uh, Theater of Terror LLC. What got you into the horror movies?
14: I grew up on the I grew up you know on some probably some of the best horror movies in history. You know, <sighs> growing up in the 80s. So many staples of of uh, the horror genre were created in the '80s, and uh, just watching the way they were made, behind the scenes stuff is what really got me into wanting to make movies. I wanted to be a special effects artist, Uh Um, and like most people, I wanted to be an actor, and I wanted to be an effects artist. And kind of got involved in some in some independent film productions, and I realized that I could I could actually do this stuff with the with the uh, advent of and the introduction of digital digital uh, film, you know, as opposed to having to purchase film, which at the time and still is very expensive. I realized I was able to, to do it digitally, use software and a computer to make it, and um, and away we went. That's, right. yep.
12: that's that amazing. <clears throat> hey, Tom, hey, Tom you're, I was looking at your bio here, and um, you uh, your, your film Faces, uh, per, I guess it premiered at the Landmark Lowe's Theater in Jersey City. Uh, you, it did, yeah. That's a great space, isn't it?
14: It's a beautiful space. I used to go there all the time as a kid. And um, uh, when I when I was trying to think of a place to hold a premiere, it was the first place that popped into my head. And I approached the friends of Lowe's there, and they were, you know, welcomed us with open arms. They're very supportive of in independent film work, and they understood where we were coming from. And we had a really successful premiere there and i mean that place is prime real estate across the street from the train station yeah oh yeah in the manhattan now it's the manhattan it's being restored it, oh it
12: is yeah so tom you know it's being restored right now so a, a close friend of mine who was actually in, in my in my first feature film who's Jenna, bill servino runs the golden door the international golden door yeah. film festival and he used to would run the festival out of the Lowe's theater I and, and he just <clears throat> we actually just shot a music video with bill a couple weeks ago and i was asking oh, right. him, I, and i said bill i'm like what's going on with the Lowe's? He goes, oh, they're restoring it. They're not reopening it until 2025. So ah. they originally wanted to knock it down, I think. They, they, they saved it, I
3: remember, because yeah. my friend Susie Ingo was on the, the committee to save the Lowe's Theater. Was she? Yeah, Tom, uh, what do you got coming up? What can we plug?
14: The Return to the Theater of Terror. It's a sequel anthology. I shot the original Theater of Terror uh, in 2019, uh, probably between 2017 and 2019. Uh-huh. It's a, a, a four-film film anthology uh, very much inspired by the likes of the twilight zone uh creep show nice. and the crypt all awesome. those classics and we just did the sequel anthology return to the theater of terror which ironically enough we intended to shoot there's a wraparound story that takes place in an old classic theater and i reached out to lowes to shoot there but unfortunately due to the renovations uh we we couldn't get in there and you know for insurance issues and stuff they just couldn't allow us access and we wound up shooting in the Lafayette Theater up in Suffern, New York, which is also a really beautiful theater. Okay. Um, but that's that, that's our sequel anthology that's at now. We just premiered it in the Cranford Theater in Cranford, New Jersey. And um, we're looking to set up a screening down at Smod Castle, Kevin Smith's uh, There you go. Nice. There yeah, you know, we're bro. looking to do another screening down there. And, um, yeah, the film is hot. We came out. We're getting great reviews on it. And uh, if I could plug anything, I'd love to plug my website, TheaterTerror.net. Feeder, of course, is spelled T H E A T R E. The right way. With the R (laughs) right way. The right right way. way. Absolutely.
3: Uh, Tom, thanks so much for coming out, man. Keep in
14: touch. I I certainly will. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks very much. And viva la indie horror.
3: There we go. Viva la indie horror. You want horror? You're in the right place. (laughs) You're in New Jersey. 1 800 283 101.5. Here's New Jersey 101.5. Fast traffic. calling at 1-800-283-101.5 making movies in New Jersey. Uh, give me the best movie you've ever seen that was made in New Jersey. If you want to win tickets to the uh, home show, the New Jersey Home and Garden Show at the New Jersey Convention Center. Special edition of Movie Trevia. Call in, ask for a question. We'll give you a nice, easy question because i got to get rid of these tickets. And uh, everything will be good. i got Tom Baldinger in here from 624 Productions. They did Beer League 2 and is going to come out around opening day. And uh, also Unsuited, uh, a, ga- uh, a TV series that takes place. Uh, it's a casino thing. It's a poker playing thing. Uh, down in, you shot it in Atlantic City. Correct which is a fantastic place to shoot movies. Yeah. Uh, I got Mark Godana here because I wanted him to come in studio, but, he, but he's too busy tonight, you know. You see your friends, you know. Uh, I, I'm far too busy to come into the studio tonight. So,
9: uh, how's that to my friend? Oh, man, so happy to hear you. I, mean, I wish I could be in the studio.
3: No, we're very happy that you're not. The garlic knots are here, so we figured more for us. We have a shot here.
15: <laughs> more for you guys. I, uh, I usually uh, take my share, and then uh, you guys get to smell of the box.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, you know, I wrote this article about, you know, great movie locations in New Jersey, because four towns got passed. What does it mean when you get passed for a movie?
12: It means you're deemed to film ready that the, that the town is willing to accept you to bring, to bring your 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 studio and your film to their you know whether it be local businesses local uh, homes areas the parks and stuff like that yeah
3: so you don't know, so New Jersey goes first would you like to make a movie here it's not like each movie has to go to the town and say can we please shoot
12: here? no I think they, they'll you know if a <clears throat> if a studio comes in they'll work with the New Jersey Film Commission they'll call like David Schooner and those guys over there Steve Gorlick, and, and call them to figure out you know where the best options for them as far as locations are but concerned. they clear
3: it with the towns first oh where what town wouldn't want a movie
12: made in the town well that's true I mean it brings a lot of it brings a lot of uh, money and funding and, uh, and you know and if it's if it's a good film and it does well you know people are gonna say hey that movie or that TV show was made here
3: I remember when uh, Walter Matthau whose son works here David uh, was shooting the Einstein movie was it IQ
12: Oh in sure. Princeton and that was a oh, big deal. Oh, uh, oh. Th- was it
3: Princeton It was it Cranberry? He was shooting it somewhere around here.
12: Was that wait uh, what was it, what was the movie you said? I think it was an IQ or is it the be- a Beautiful Mind? Hello.
3: No, not a Beautiful Mind. Oh, I'm pretty IQ. sure it was IQ. Okay. Uh but yeah like the was world Princeton stopped. I think you're right. Yeah. And uh Jack Nicholson shot uh the movie with Adam Sandler here too. Whether he was the baseball I can't remember now. Around 2003. Uh, oh, know. anger management anger management yeah, there yeah, we go there yeah, we go yeah, yeah. alright so, talk- so I'm talking to Rick Adana last night mm-hmm. and I'm looking at he goes you know it's. And I'm, I'm just throwing out locations because I put it out on Facebook I crowdsourced it and people calling in saying oh there's a great place there's a great place and they all make sense and then he starts really doing the X's and O's like as you know like, like tell me what you're telling me about Trenton right? you, you saw Trenton on there and what did you say about Trenton I think Trenton's
15: a fantastic spot to film because, well, first of all, you could make it, I mean, if you needed to make it the Midwest and a steel mill town or somewhere out there, you could easily, Trenton could easily be that. It can look like with very little work, you could make it look like it was the 60s, 70s, 80s. Trenton has a really beautiful uh, architecture around it because it's very old school and it hasn't changed. Yeah, I think if if I was making
3: a gangster film, I'd be in Trenton. <laughs> a lot of gangsters are <laughs> making a Trenton now. They're not even making movies. <laughs> you you could have extras with no problem. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now, what's of all the like of all the locations you shot in New Jersey? What are some of the places that you shot? Like, what, what's it like to the, the towns? You know, well, when you work there? So, funny enough. Uh, I would
15: say 80% of the films that I've worked on have been in New Jersey. Right. I was in The the Devil's Tree in Columbus, which was out in the woods. Right. Um, Dark State was in Hamilton, New Jersey, so out near Atlantic City. Right. Um, that was a lot of fun. Those beautiful locations and a great film. You can check it out on Amazon if you like. Um, drop Ted twice was in Hamilton, New Jersey. Not Hamilton, but Hamilton. Right. And then we did Double Eagle in Flemington. And then through Open Doors, Jersey City was actually one of
3: the characters in it. Jersey City How much? The town was a character in the movie.
15: Hmm. Yes. It, it, is, it is so present that it is about Jersey City that we actually consider Jersey City one of the characters.
3: That could have been the title. Uh Like Blondie uh, made Union City blue. Right, right. Yeah, up in uh, Debbie Harry, right, with uh, Dennis Lipscomb and introducing Pat Benatar. Mm. No one knows this movie
2: exists.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I got the poster hanging on my wall. All right, so now where was the best location you've ever shot, Tom?
12: Oh, God. Uh, Atlantic City was a lot of fun. Hmm. You know, uh, we, we shot down at the showboat. Um, I would say that that was pretty good. Um, uh, Somerville Somerville's great, uh, yeah. and so is Red Bank.
3: And you can move, you can, you can like Mark was saying, you could change the image of the town yeah. to, to make it whatever you want.
12: Yeah, and there's certain areas of, of, uh, of Jersey that you can make it look like it's the Midwest. I mean, you know, you can, you can make it look like it's California. You can make it look like Pennsylvania. Usually South Jersey.
3: Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling tumbleweeds and Rolling things tumble. like that. Yep. All right, we got Joshua Coates coming up. He's the director of one of the, uh, one of the movies that's in the conversation at the Cannes for the Oscar for the Golden Globe. Stick around. It is 930. Another latest New Jersey News. 1.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. In studio with me is uh, director Tom Baldinger. Beer League 2 is coming out on uh, opening day. Jimmy Plum will be calling in later. He's one of the writers, the actors. You remember Beer League 1 with Artie Lang and Ralph Macchio. Age is love. If you remember last year, we had Joshua Coates, the director, in here with, uh, with uh, Nicholas McCormick, who's Scotch Plains he's from, Elizabeth Cappanigro. She's an uh, Eagles cheerleader. Poor Elizabeth. And, <laughs> and uh, the director, Joshua, uh, joins us now on New Jersey 101.5. He's uh, very busy. Couldn't be here. He's in L.A. at an awards dinner. What's up, my friend? Steve, how are you? I'm doing great. Before we start this, I just want to say one thing. Tom, would you please tell Joshua the shirt that I'm wearing right now? You are wearing,
12: uh, it is the 2020 Visions Entertainment Group t-shirt.
3: You see, just so you know, Josh. Yeah, I'm a man true to my I word.
12: You. I love you, Steve. I love
16: you. <laughs> You're the and best. That's why I'm traveling. I'm going to as a big award show here in L.A., and I stopped everything. To be with you tonight because you're you're number one, your priority in my life right now, Steve.
3: God bless you, Josh. God bless you. If you were here, I'd give you the big gog knots for you. When you come in, we've got them here. They smell terrific. So, man, tell me about Ageless Love. This is fantastic. Now it's on all the platforms. It was released February seventh, Valentine's week. What an incredible story. Tell it.
16: Well, it, it's a beautiful love story. A I, I couple in uh, the late, the mid, late sixties. A young man straight out of college, fresh, single, meets a 38-year-old woman who he falls madly in love with. But the catch is she has five children. Uh, she's a widow with five children, and that's the catch. So in this day and time, and, and that day and time in the 60s, it was very tough for uh, a couple like that, especially uh, they both being Jewish and from Jewish background for them to be, uh, you know, a young man to be in love with a woman with that type of baggage, quote-unquote. But it's a true love story. It shows that no matter what the circumstances are, when two soulmates meet, you know, it is just written in the stars.
3: And what a story! In that Yale, the lead lived to see the movie made. He was dying from pancreatic cancer, something his yeah. wife died of twenty five years earlier. Wow! This is this is an incredible story that Josh made, and a lot of it was shot here in New Jersey, down in Atlantic City. What was that like? That was really that was really
16: fun. Um, we the, the the movie because of his health. We had to rush and shoot the movie. His desire was to see the movie uh, finished, so we had to rush. We shot the whole movie in 12 days, and the last day was in uh, New Jersey. That's Uh, awesome. And and we had to do multiple – we did multiple scenes uh, on the beach. Uh, They were supposed to be kind of like in Cape Cod, and then some of it was supposed to be in Atlantic City in the 60s. So there was a lot of trickery there. We had to do some effects, you know, some matting. In the background to kind of make it look like it's, uh, you know, a different time in New Jersey in the sixties. So it, it, that was fun. That was fun there. And you know, the fun, the fun thing about it, I, you know, we thought people were going to like kind of, uh, video bomb our, our, uh, our shooting. Yeah. We we're kind of like freelancing. They uh. were very respectful. New Jersey people were very, very respectful. And I appreciate that.
3: You know it's funny. I got married on the beach in Atlantic City at Caesars. <laughs> now wow. picture this, right? Picture picture like two hundred Italians in in what? tuxedos and gowns, right? And and it was the same thing, right? And meanwhile, it comes time like to take the pictures, and they got it like cordoned off. And here you see these guys taking the pictures, my relatives, and all these other people in bathing suits and oh, kids are just running around. Photo, we got photobombed like crazy. <laughs>
16: <laughs> well, listen. I, I I appreciate the people in New Jersey. When you don't, you know, and and and, and hats off to the other filmmakers, you know, that you have there. Hats off to you guys. Congratulations on your films as well. But as they know, you know, when you're shooting sometimes uh, independent films, you need all the help you can get. You know, and
12: amen, that, amen, uh, Joshua. The
16: people, yeah, the people on the beach were very respectful. But
3: I got to ask you I, this. Did, well, did you did you shoot in Clement uh, weather or or did you wait like I know like Dirty Dancing they shot it in the freezing cold. They,
2: well, yeah. Listen,
16: we had to we had to throw Beth and Nick, which started two leads. So right, we had to run into the water. So, uh, oh they, man, they did it. Uh, Listen, we 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 had literally, Steve. We literally had like a three hour window to get the shot. Wow. And If if it was,
12: which is not a lot of time, right, Joshua, which is not a lot of time.
16: Absolutely. No. And the sun was beautiful. The sky was open. And then we we flew a drone. We had to do a lot of like drone shots. everything, Everything, everything. God smiled on us from
3: above. That's awesome. And you know what? He smiled at you at the Cannes Film Festival as well. Tell us about the movie and, you know, all the awards it's picking up and everything.
16: Well, the, the 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 great thing about it, we you know, again, like you said, the story is what is compelling. The the Hollywood Foreign Press got wind of the story, and they did a whole spread on the story. We went to Cannes. It was uh, it screened at the Cannes Film Festival. We had a premiere in Ridgewood, New Jersey, which is one of our film festival partners. We had a sell sellout crowd there. The word just continued to travel, and then last but not least, the movie qualified for the Academy. Uh, and we were out of uh, thousands of films we were in the top 200 selected from all around the world. Uh, and we, we almost got nominated, but we were Academy contenders. So just this small film that we did and, and, and just good faith for a, a man who was very sick, the film, the story, it got a lot of accolades and everyone, everyone gave it a lot of praise. And we just, we're just grateful. The movie came out, as you said, on the seventh mm-hmm. and the reception is amazing. I mean, the, the, they're renting, they're reviewing, and it's just spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading. So, Engra- thank y'all so Congratulations, much. Congratulations,
12: Joshua. From one filmmaker to the next, awesome yes, job, sir. man. That's fantastic.
16: Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
12: You
3: never know where the idea is going to come from, right? yes, right. What's next? Well, right now,
16: um, I have a film called Kingdom Rain. It's, I call it an urban Shakespeare. Uh-huh. It's a love story that takes place in the early 80s. Uh, I'm kind of in these period pieces. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's, about, it's about this, it's about this DEA agent who is uh, going undercover to take down a kingpin, the drug kingpin. But she, they wind up both falling in love.
3: Oh, nice. There we go. Trading all those 60s cars from Ageless Love and get the 80s cars, (laughs) right? There you go. 20 years from now, we'll make a 2023 movie. We'll be all good. (laughs) you got to come in here when you come back, man. I can't wait to have you back in here.
16: Yes, and I will tell you while I'm in L.A., when everything is over, I will share my story with you exclusively, Steve. You have it.
2: Looking forward to it. I
16: I can tell you one thing. I left Jerry Brockenheimer's office about 20 minutes ago. Ah. So everything is going really
3: well, and he was there when you were there.
16: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, it, it's a lot going on. We're going to talk. I'm going to share some stuff with you. We're going to talk about again, Steve. I'm coming to see
13: you.
3: I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Enjoy the awards. Enjoy LA. Congratulations, man. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, too, and God bless you all. Thank you so God much. It. God bless you, too. Joshua Coates. Really great guy. Awesome. Really great guy. I want it 283-101.5. Tom Baldinger in the house talking about movies made in New Jersey. Jimmy Palumbo coming up. Beer League 2. You know him from Beer League 1. God, you know him from every friggin' television show or movie you've ever seen, because the guy's been in everything. He really has. He true. I really... Have you been thinking about adding a pet to your family? My friends at Pet Center and Oldbridge know exactly how to match you with the perfect pet. They have a large selection of quality puppies from USDA licensed and inspected breeders when you bring home a Pet Center puppy you get the most comprehensive guarantees in the market up-to-date vaccines, five generations of pedigree, and a complete homecoming kit they have a large selection of small animals reptiles, birds, and tropical fish visit them in the shops at Old Bridge on Route 9 or at PetCenterNJ.com today Reliable. 1.5 hanging here with uh, Tom Baldiger uh, the director for Beer League 2 and uh, talking about movies made in New Jersey, because uh, four more towns got cleared that movies made in New Jersey. The best movie sites are in New Jersey, because no matter what you want, it's here in New Jersey. And no matter what you want to turn it into, you can do it here in New Jersey. And uh, there's one man, if you're going to do Beer League 2, and you're going to have the director here, you might as well have the writer, you might as well have the star, and uh, you might as well have
9: Jimmy Palumbo on. What's up, my friend? What's up, Steve? What's up, Tom? How are we doing tonight?
12: All right. How you doing, Jimmy?
9: I'm doing okay.
12: You still batting 706? Hey, you
9: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I might be batting 606. <laughs> I'm in a slump right now. Uh-huh. A little bit.
3: You got pitches and I'm catches now, right? What was that? Pitches and catches, Aaron, right?
9: That's right. I'm going to go over here to the cages and swing the bat a little bit tomorrow. Loosen up a little bit.
3: There you go. There you go. All right. So now you've been in everything. Right. Of all the movies you made in New Jersey, or TV shows, what's what's the one you had the most fun in?
9: Uh, well, obviously, Beer League was a blast right. uh, in New Jersey. Um, I, the most fun, that's a good question. It, 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 the ones that were shot here um, in, in the New York Tri-State area, I had a blast on the show Gotham. Right. Because I had to get murdered <laughs> in this big... Uh, right. Fake nightclub, uh, Gotham City scene. Right. So you had all these beautiful actresses and actors, all dressed weird, funky that Gotham world, right? Right. And I look like I, I was selling carpets on Route Seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and we had to do, we had to be stabbed, and then we fell back, right. and then we had these tubes up our leg where the blood comes out. Uh uh-huh. You know, they that show Gotham does everything over the top. So I had, to li- I had to fall back, and the blood was gushing out, but when I fell to the wrong side, the tube was actually pouring the blood, like, right into my mouth, oh. and I was like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to choke to death, but I had to wait for the guy to yell, cut, otherwise so oh, you blow to take, there was blood all over, it. and all of a sudden, he yelled, cut, and I was spitting blood out like I oh. was you know, Rocky Balboa, but that was fun to do. Uh, that was fun, you know. Our Boardwalk Empire was cool to do. Uh, I, I I've shot some things in New Jersey. I shot the the new Luke Besson movie coming out called Dog Man. We shot that over by Newark there right. mm-hmm. in a pretty cool section of Newark. I really haven't hung out in Newark, if, you know, but this was a cool little section. Um, yeah, New Jersey's great, man. Uh, the only thing, I don't know if any of your callers or anybody was, dis- maybe Tom discussed this. You know, Netflix is building that big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is, though, it's it's not close to New York City. Um, it's really, and it's not close to Philly. It's not close it's to It's kind anywhere. of in the middle. Is it yeah. like
3: Eatontown? Like around yeah, it's the, Eatontown,
12: uh, Fort yeah. Monmouth. Right.
9: Yeah, if you're an actor, you know, if you're, uh, you know, a decent name actor and maybe you're living in L.A. or Chicago or London, you fly into New York, you know, they're going to put you up at a nice hotel in New York and you work on the film. Usually it's within 45 minutes or a half hour. They That's a good point. The locations. Now they're going to have to send you down uh, to a Holiday Inn.
3: <laughs> I know the Holiday Inn they'll send them to. There's only one down there. Uh, the Molly Pitcher. Yeah, yeah okay. right? The Molly the Pitcher. Molly pitcher. The
9: Molly pitcher there you uh-huh. be wrong, you know, Jimmy Palumbo, I'll stay at the Holiday Inn if they're paying me. Right?
3: Yeah, really, he's good like this, Jimmy.
9: <laughs> I'm, I'm good that way, but you no, know, it's a little bit out of the way. I'm I'm curious how that's going to go down, um, whether they got to get Airbnbs for act. Ag- I don't know. Yeah, that's I mean, an interesting. uh yeah. interesting. But I love it. New Jersey should, you know, they lost the tax breaks years ago.
3: They got them back,
9: and they got everything back. You know, yeah. But listen. The bottom line is it has to be. And Tom, you produce. It, financially, it has to work out for the producers. Otherwise, you know, they're not shooting here. Right. No. So The tax breaks and stuff like that all have to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's great for the state. There's a lot of talent here. A lot of young kids, young actors are great. And uh, why not shoot it right in New Jersey, you know?
3: Nah. Listen, I got you about know? a minute left. Give me an audio update and give me a Ralph Macho update. we getting them in the movie?
9: Well, as you know,
3: it's not a movie.
9: I, I, I'm sorry. Are we
3: getting him in the series? Um.
9: Uh, well, we we shot some things right already uh, with Tom and I, and uh, they are not involved, but their characters are involved. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Mm-hmm. the door is o- the door is always open for Artie. Mm-hmm. Artie calls me right now and says, "I want in." We 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 you know we roll the cameras tomorrow. We kick the door in. <laughs> Ralph didn't say yes Ralph didn't say no He came on my podcast And I think if the the American public likes what we did I think this thing could uh, Have some legs And then I think we'll be able to get Ralph
3: I think they're going to love it
9: uh, Get Scott Baio There
3: you go Yeah, I think they're going to love it Jimmy man thanks so much for coming on
9: Hey you the man
3: all right, man. We'll talk soon. 1 800 283 101.5. Anthony Dennison. Tony Dennison. Coming up. You remember Wise Guy? Remember Crime Story? Remember The Closer? This
0: winter. This winter. Be ready. New Jersey 101.5's Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero is ready for winter. Look for Wintry Mix to start around lunchtime. He's ready to give you the facts facts. without the hype. Snow ends early tomorrow morning, but expect a really messy commute. Our winter weather alerts will keep you and your family safe before, during, and after the storm. Thanks to our sponsors, Ultimate Collision, New Jersey Division of Highway Traffic Safety, and Carl's Fencing, Decking, and Home Improvements. New Jersey 101.5 Winter Weather alerts be ready listen on your radio our free app and nj1015.com w trenton wkxwhd
3: Good mood when you hear this song, right, Tom? It's a wonderful song. I love this, thing. Right? Tom Baldiger, director here. Beer League 2, Unsuited is the new one. And uh, now tell me about Unsuited. You sent me the pilot, I gotta look at it. Tell me about the story of Unsuited.
12: Uh, unsuited is a, is a story about a young guy. In Jersey, mm-hmm. who uh, gives up his inheritance to become a professional poker player to move out to Las Vegas. Right. Um, <clears throat> unbeknownst to him, he is the worst player to ever play this game. <laughs> and his friends, uh, like Mark Riccadonna and Ronnie Marmo, who play his friends, his father is Tony Dennison, his grandfather is played by Dan Loria, um, they are all kind of like... Oh my God! We created this monster, and he goes out to Vegas <laughs> to play to get himself ready for the World Series of Poker (WSOP), right. Right. and the the real world of the poker world hits him straight in the face. And we also got uh, Tom McAvoy, who's a four-time World Series poker champ. How about uh, that? He's in. The, he he's uh, he does a cameo as you know as himself. So it's kind of fun.
3: I the the, be, the best part of the night is having this next guy on because I have been <laughs> I have
12: been like a little geek, such a huge fan
3: way back when Tom. Tony Dennison, how are you? I'm very good to tell you. Dude, I. I first of all, huge fan of Crime Story when you were Ray Luca, and what a douche. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to Wise Guy, my other favorite show at the time, and uh, I've been watching you ever since. I even watched those Cashberry commercials because you're in it. <laughs> I, I may borrow money that I don't even need.
10: <laughs> yeah, it's a friend of mine and his brother, they, that's their company, so they, they asked me if I would do it for them. And I said, yeah, sure, why not?
3: So, well, you, If you don't mind, like, uh, they get a little geeky here. What was it like doing Crime Story? That, that you had the coolest cars. That was such a great show, and it only lasted two years. I don't understand, because it, it could have went on for much longer.
10: Well, you know, it was it's, it's like a comedy of, I mean, uh, a comedy of errors and riches and everything. I mean, we I had to, first of all answer your first question. I had the time of my life being on that show. It was my big break.
2: Yeah.
10: You know, before that, I'd been basically sucking eggs for a living. Right. Uh, you know, just I mean, I was working a, in a dairy, or poultry farm, somewhere. You know, I, I was just struggling, and then I got this job, and my whole life turned around. And uh, interestingly enough, though, there, as The show was, you know, tremendous, and it was a tremendous experience to work with Michael Mann, and, you know, the whole nine yards were connected to that. But then what happened was in the second year that they they were trying to change some things around, and they sort of lost footing for a little bit, and as a result, Moonlighting, starring um, uh, Bruce Willis, poor guy's experiencing Mm. what he's experiencing now. it's a shame. But anyway, uh, I know his mother. His mother's really one. The mother's really nice to me.
2: Oh. But uh, he,
10: uh, you know, he, his show just sort of suddenly loomed to the front of the, the head of the class and was was killing us. And then they put us on against uh, 30-something, right. which everybody said, oh, 30-something, you'll, you'll kill them. And, you know, duh, we didn't. And <laughs> uh, so what happened, though, um, they, would, they were at a crossroads. They were deciding whether to put the show back on and go for a third year. And if they had gone for a third year... It's like in, in the entertainment industry, especially TV, in for a penny, in for a pound. So if they had gone to a third year, we would have gone six for sure, seven. Oh, it was but, such a great was, show. Yeah, it, it was very expensive show, though. I can believe that with all the, the sets and the cars. That's why they decided, you know, you know, they decided they made the pull the switch and said no. And, uh, I mean, I was disappointed, you know. I mean, I didn't wind up being Ray Luca my whole life. No, uh, which it could have been. You know, some New York paper called me the Elvis from Hell.
3: <laughs> <laughs> was that your hair, or did they do that like Vince? Really,
10: my hair. That was my hair. That, that was you, know. huh? Was. I still have a good head of hair. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, so you know, when the show got canceled. You know, I went off onto other things, but you know, uh, I, like I said, it was I was very sad when it was canceled because it was such a great time to play that character. I mean, that first year of that character, I. I killed like fifty-two
3: people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it went from okay, Chicago right. to Las Vegas to to yeah. South America, and what I love the, the the great thing. Well, two things, right? Because I'm in radio for back then. I was in radio, right. and I remember like the the last episode. Uh, you guys went out and brought in every major market dish jockey. John De Bella was the pilot. Jonathan Brandmeyer. Right, right,
10: right.
3: And so every radio stage, every radio station would talk the show up, and the last. Scene with you and uh, Dennis Farina strangling each other as the plane (laughs) is going down, and as they got, I I want to bring it back just to see how they would get you guys out of that. But what an ending! The plan was, the plan was, Michael wanted us to wind
10: up in uh, the uh, the Golden Triangle in in Southeast Asia. (laughs) Uh, fighting, fighting, you know, communists and drug, you know, and, uh, those kind of people, uh, fighting Ho Chi Minh and all that, and then, you know, and then we'd wind up fighting each other again when we got back to the States. That's so good. We'd, we'd call, call a truce and become buddies for, uh, you know, one
3: season and then, you know, but it, it, didn't, it didn't happen. That was so, that was such a, such a great show. And you know what? Because when I caught it, it was on every night in USA. Mm. So when you get to see yeah. a show that good, when you get to see him like every night, you really build up, you know, you really build up an affection for the show. But you did a great job in that show. And then you go to Wise Guy and you fill well, in for well, Ken well, funny, Wall. Funny. Well, it's
10: say, say funny because the guy. David Burke, who was the executive producer on Crime Story, when he left Crime Story, he went over and took over at Wise Guy. So we were we got to be close. I mean, we're still friends to this day. In fact, we're going to get together next week to talk about a project. Right. And uh, he, uh, what happened was Ken Wall got hurt. Yeah. And uh, and he called me up and he said, "Listen, would you mind?" you know, coming in and filling in for the wise guy. And I said, what am I supposed to be? Kenny, you know, turn over a, with a sunglasses on? <laughs> he goes, no, no, I'll write a whole new character for you. It's the rag trade, you know. And uh, and I said, oh, my God, okay, sure. You know, it was David, he's such a good writer. Right. I said, okay. So I went up there and I did, I went to Vancouver, and I did five episodes of this six-episode arc. And I had a ball. I got to work with Jerry Lewis, yeah. Ron Silver, and Stanley Tucci, and Patty Charbonneau.
3: What a cast was in that one.
10: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: It was great. Yeah, and the the last thing when you were at the airport, right? Uh, what was it? Uh, when the hollow point bullet... Uh, so-and-so, David Sternberg, didn't know what hit him when the hollow point bullet, but you will... Yeah, when, yeah I mean, I remember the lines. But you really... And you played a completely oh, wow, different did. character, you know, in that show. Yeah. Uh, then you went, you know, uh, from Crime Story. And then, of course, the then you became an honest guy. Then you became a good guy, like a cop and everything. <laughs> but, uh... uh yeah, fantastic. I
10: played a couple of bad guys in between, but then I wound up for... for 14 years playing a cop, playing
3: Lieutenant Flynn, Flynn on the closer. And yeah. Yeah. You, had, you know, you've had one hell of a career. Now, now tell me about unsuited. Right? Uh, how much fun are you have in working with this guy? What's unsuited? I forgot. Oh, I, no, I, a, I
10: actually had a bad doing that show. Uh, you uh, you that know, was. I, I, I wish somebody, uh, listen, America, and people in the influential people out there, picked this damn show up. It's a lot of fun. Everybody loves poker. You know, there's more money wagered every year in poker games than there is in the gross national product. You know I can that?
3: see that. Yeah.
10: Wow. No, it's true. It's true, It's true fact. And. So, everybody plays poker. There's Penny Ante games, and there's, you know, uh, the Sky's the Limit games, and um, everybody can understand it, and, they, you know, and it's like the kind of thing that, uh, I mean, even shows like like all the shows that are on ESPN, all the, you know, the, the, the poker oh, yeah. games, like World Series of Poker. All shows,
3: night long, they're,
10: yeah. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty well attended, uh, eyeball-wise, and... I mean, I think the same thing would happen with this show. if you. I mean, the way this show is structured, unsuited, there's, there's a certain amount of comedy in it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a certain amount of drama. But it's, it's, but it's, in a sense, at the end of the day, even though it takes place in, you know, the Sin City of Vegas, it's, it's really a family show. Yeah. Yeah, it know? really is. It's really a Three family show, which makes the show really unique. It's mm-hmm. like he's a, he's, a, he's a nebbishy sweetheart of a kid, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, you know, follow his dream. You know, and uh, and all these people around him, Ronnie Marmo, who's a really good actor. and yeah. You know, he plays his best friend, and I'm his dad, and I mean, you know, and, <laughs> and, and I rub it into when I see him, the few times I do see him, though, because he's always in New York doing a play. But uh, Dan Laurie, I would say you played my father, Dan.
3: <laughs> you rubbed that in, eh
10: huh? <laughs> You know, you played my dad. Dad.
3: <laughs> he just he just walks away. He just doesn't even say anything. He just walks away. Love that. Well, Tony, man, thank you so much for coming on. This is this has been a real yeah, treat. For
10: Tom, me. I, I mean, it, you know, definitely. I mean. Look, this 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 guy Tom is going to get this this thing off the ground. I mean, if anybody could, he can. Relentless. That's no, what you got to be in this business. You got to be relentless.
3: Mm-hmm.
10: You know, and you don't give up on your dream. And it's not like poker's going to go out of style next week.
12: No, <laughs> And you got the and uh, we got the World Series of Poker coming up in the summer. So uh, yeah. listen, when this gets picked up, you come in studio and visit.
10: Yes, yes, I will. I definitely will. I mean, I, you know, and I, and I know that it will get picked up.
3: I I know? wouldn't bet against uh, it at all. See right there there. There probably. you go. That was good. <laughs> all right. Tony again, thanks so much. You're welcome.
10: Thank you for having me on.
3: And Tom, all the best to you. And uh, you know, here's hoping.
12: You got it, Tony. I'll be you calling you. Don't worry. You got it. one 800
3: 283 1015 How about that, man? Anthony freaking Dennison. You got me. You come in anytime. <laughs> you don't even need the garlic knots anymore, Tom Baldinger. This man is one hell of a director. Uh here's fast traffic. Eight three one zero one point five. Steve Trevelisse. All right. What is your favorite New Jersey film? Give me a film that you just loved in New Jersey. All right. And uh tell you what, if you want, I'll give you a, a four-pack of passes to the annual New Jersey Home and Garden Show at the New Jersey Convention Center in Edison while I got them. Uh, if you want to go, it's NewJerseyHomeShow.com. Tom Baldinger is here. Uh, he's the director for Beer League, too. And unsuited. God, I hope that gets picked up. Me, too. I ho- I'm serious. I mean, uh, I-, I could talk to Anthony Dennison. Like, I-, I know him as Anthony
12: Dennison mm-hmm. Like for
3: the next three hours. But you know,
12: he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He was, he was awesome on set. Just a sweetheart of a of an individual, real professional. Came in, did his job, uh, and knocked it out of the park. And and when he left, he said to me, he said, "I God's honest truth." And Tony, if you're still listening, you you know what are you going what I'm gonna say. He looked at me. He goes, "You call me when you're ready to do more of this. I love this. I'm having a ball." And he meant it. And each one of the actors meant it. Ronnie, yeah. Carmine, Dan, they all had a great time. What a time. cast you got!
3: Yeah. I mean, really, what a cast! if you want four people, you want to hang out. With Well you
12: and Ma- and Rick Adana and yeah.
3: Anthony Dennison and Dan Laurie. Ronnie Marmo and, and Ronnie played Marmo.
12: Ronnie Marmo played a big he was he was one of our producers on it and he was the one who put mm. me in touch with Dan and Tony. He knows those guys personally and Carmine. So Ronnie was a big spot was a big piece in getting those guys. A huge piece. He's a fun guy, He's a fun guy. You know. All
3: right, let's go to uh Pete in Ewing on New Jersey one oh one point five. What's up, Pete? Oh man, it's just a sad world we live in, ain't it? Yeah.
10: Sad day. What's about? But um, I mean, I feel my heart's still breaking hearing about that kid, man. Oh yeah. But, um How you gentlemen doing tonight? We're doing good, Pete.
3: Always good to hear from you.
10: Well, I don't know what that little chuckle was, but um, you know, when I
13: a New Jersey movie,
10: Clerks.
12: Yeah.
3: How about? there's a great story too, Kevin Smith. Kevin
12: Smith. Yeah.
3: Right. Makes yeah. the one movie,
12: and it all just goes from there. Yeah. He's made he's made a lot of great movies. He's, mm-hmm. he's a good storyteller, very good storyteller. He was on the show. But
10: I can't wait, I can't wait to see um, the movie that you guys have been talking about. I, I just forgot the name of it. Unsuited. Uh, I can't wait to see it though. Seriously. Uh-huh. Um, guys, have a great night and get home safe.
3: You got it, Pete. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. When Kevin Smith came on, he said, you got to come in the studio, man. You got to come hang out. And he said,
10: it's in my blood, man. I've been listening since I was a kid. Are you kidding me? Like, you got to remember, I grew up at convenience stores. And before I brought in a TV to Stop, it was all radio.
3: Say that? <laughs> and now, <laughs> Andrew is in Flemington on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Andrew. Hi there, Stephen Companies.
13: Company. How's you guys doing tonight, man? Doing good. How about you? Good. I got a twofer, man. It's uh, two movies. Okay. New Jersey. I think one was entirely made right. in Jersey. The other was, I think, mostly uh, The Wrestler. Mickey Ward, Melissa Tomei. I think Evan Rachel Wood was the daughter. Great movie. Good movie.
3: Evan Rachel Wood was the daughter in that?
13: Yeah, I think so.
3: Was it? She was in Across the Universe, too, right? Mm-hmm.
13: Yeah. I don't know. I think she was in Twilight, but I'm not sure.
3: How about that? I mean, yeah.
13: And another uh, one, The Hurricane. The Hurricane. Denzel, Washington. Right. Right. Yeah. Great movie. Hurricane great movie. Carter. I got, a, I got a joke for you. I think you'll like it. It's a different one. I've never told you. A
3: different? I don't know, Andrew. A different one? All right, let me hear.
13: It's based, I got it from Humor in Uniform, Reader's Digest. Right. Let's go. So you don't have the military. They have really unusual ways sometimes, creative ways of punishing a soldier, this private, you know, they're in the shooting range and he's doing terrible, really, really terrible. Right. So the sergeant pulls him aside afterward. He says, you know, you can't shoot for save your life. So he hands the guy a broom. He says, what do you want me to do with this? I want you to sweep all the sunshine off the sidewalk. And they said it took him all day long
3: You took him all day long to sweep. It took him... That was very good, Andrew. It just sounds like I'm hanging up on you. But you keep talking. Everything is fine. <sighs> yeah, you know, When you make your comedy, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so, so, unsuited, we wait for that to get picked up. And then we got Beer League 2, talking about making movies in New Jersey. Uh... What's that, what's what's the best movie that you've ever seen made in New Jersey?
12: Oh God, uh, beautiful. So many. Of beautiful them. Mind. Yeah, right here in Princeton. Right, mm-hmm. that was a, that was a fabulous movie. You know when I when I first saw that Beautiful Mind, I I saw that movie when I was in college. Was I in college? Yeah, I was in college, and I didn't know what the movie was about. I didn't even know it was based on a true story. So I was like literally that audience member, not knowing that he he had a mental illness. Like I really believed he was. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was seeing these. And when it, I was like, and I felt like such an idiot. I was like, wait a second. And then I started doing research on the movie. And I
3: was like, oh, okay. Well, the yeah. movie's what got you to do the research.
12: Exactly. You yeah, that's what
3: right. made it work. Did you ever have a situation like, a, like, what's the craziest thing that ever happened while you were shooting? You know, or where, where something like anything that could go wrong will go wrong, or anything that was just so completely unorthodox and unexpected.
12: Uh, well, it was uh, it was on unsuited. The story I was just telling you uh, off, off air. We um, we were shooting at the showboat, and we got there the night before. We had to rebuild the casino to make it look like a like a casino, and we rebuilt it on the second floor there. And um, we tested, you know, the lights. We tested smoke, you know, mm-hmm. and we we had little shower caps on the on the things uh, on the fire alarm uh, pieces there. Everything went great. And we smoked the room up fantastically. And my my DP, Brad Reed at the time, said, all right, I think we're good for tomorrow. So we come in the next day, and we're shooting. We've got extras coming in. We've got to make it look like a casino. And he did 25% of the smoke that he did the night before. Right. All of a sudden, the alarms go off as as we're filming. We evacuated the whole hotel of the showboat. My wife's calling me downstairs, and she's like, you just evacuated the showboat, right? So we evacuated clear the smoke out the fire fire marshal comes up he goes he looks and he sees we had these shower caps on the on the thing and he goes you got to take each one of those off that's like five thousand dollars a fine for each one I was like "All right, I'm so sorry we'll take it off he goes just run the smoke I'm gonna turn the machine off downstairs right 20 minutes later we a little more smoke we start shooting again The alarm goes off again. It went off two more times. So finally, the the fire marshal comes back with shower caps and goes, put these damn things on. I'm done. I'm done. And I'm going to shut it down. You guys are fine. But I thought, really, really, I looked at Ronnie. We kept looking at each other. The crew were like, we're going to get thrown out of here. Mm. Like we've, we evacuated the showboat four times over the span of, like, 45 minutes. You, you got to shoot that, just in case you ever need an evacuation I, scene. You know what? Right? If when you I made
3: Titanic?
12: You I should have thrown a camera down
3: there. I really should have. Well, now you know for next time. 10.30. Now the
4: latest New Jersey news from nj 1015
3: 1015 Talking about movies made in New Jersey, making movies in New Jersey. I wanted to get the... Uh, you ever hear the Dire Straits song, Making Movies? Oh, yeah. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. I wanted to come in with that. Yeah. Good song. I love that song. Skate Away. Skate Away was the song. Right? Making yeah. Movies on Location. That's right. That's what right. got you into this, time, Baldinger?
12: What made you want to make movies? I just... I, I wanted to tell stories. I wanted to entertain people. You know? And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed entertaining and... It's uh, it's it's been a, it's been a joy doing that. I I, I don't I don't uh, want to make movies that make people think too hard because I'm not that smart to make that. Gary class. Marshall once said, that. he goes, you
3: know, we, we if,
12: if 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 television were a department
3: store, we'd be the toy department. Yeah. We don't do very special episodes. No. Not,
12: and Seinfeld, we're not going to hug you. There's not going to be any of that. No, I just want people to watch and 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 sit back and enjoy for whether it's a TV show for a half hour or a movie for an hour and a half and go, oh, that was fun. I you know I got I got away from the world for a little bit.
3: When did you ever have a movie in your head that say I'd like to make that movie You know um, a movie that we so comfortable for you to
12: make yes well, I, it's, a, it's a play that I wrote that I'm sitting on right now. It's called triple play, and it's about a murder uh, It's about three murders that take place up at the baseball Hall of Fame nice during the hall of fame ceremony during the ceremony during the ceremony not like two minute warning right
3: or a <laughs> fan or anything like that all right uh ryan would you like to come on in and give us some headlines and dreadlines there we go there we go. go see now we're ready to go here we go there we go ready all right ryan's bellying up to the microphone here i wasn't this sure this what is was the going part on. where we comment on the news someone's sitting
17: in my seat someone well it's it not right. my seat well, oh, he wore garlic knots. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, oh, that's dude, why you got your moved seat. over there. No, it's only sometimes my seat. Oh, no, it's always sometimes. No, today's your seat, I guess. You <laughs> were too nice. You should have said to me, get over here. Get at uh, it! I brought there. food, so I felt like I needed to. <laughs> Are you ready? Bob this for you. Excellent news. Now
3: it's time for Headlines and Trevlines.
2: I read the news. Feel free to comment.
3: All right. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Steve comments on the headlines of New Jersey. Brace yourself, folks. For mind-blowing news. As
17: only Steve can. What the hell's going on out here? All right, what do we got? Uh, not some happy stuff, unfortunately. Uh, as of about, uh, two hours ago, uh, at the Cure Insurance Arena on Hamilton Avenue, someone was stabbed to death at a basketball game. Oh, my God. Um, in Mercer County, New Jersey, um... According to the Mercer County Prosecutor's Office, 22-year-old Khalil Glanton was stabbed multiple times inside the arena. He was taken to the Capital Health Regional Medical Center where he was pronounced dead. So that happened earlier tonight. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, my God. That's awful. Yeah. 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 All right. What else do we have? Um... Another sad thing, unfortunately. All right, let's go, let's go. Can we get to some happy stuff? You want to get to some happy stuff? Okay, yeah. let's we'll get about, some happy How about this? Thing. I got some happy stuff here. You got some happy stuff? Because this is
3: some of the stuff that I brought in here. Did you see this? What's the that? gym owner who got caught stealing from cars while the clients were I, working out?
12: Yeah, I saw, I you know, earlier today I was going through my Instagram and I saw, talk to me, tell me about this. The guy, I, I can't even imagine this, right? So, like, the people join his gym
3: and there's a video to show the Midland Park gym owner stealing from cars while the clients were working out.
12: That's crazy. Hey, do 10 more push-ups. I'll be right back. <laughs> Holy cow. And when these cars were open? Like they... I guess. Oh. Right? I mean, they're, they're, they're parked
3: in a parking lot. Oh, wow. Right? Video from hidden cameras appears to show uh, this guy stealing $700 in cash from one client's bag. Another time he appeals to steal a wallet and some cash from a truck, and he's now facing
17: charges of theft and burglary. They're working out in his gym. That's insane. That is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. They're going up to him like, Hey man, someone stole my stuff and he's like, Oh my gosh, we gotta find out who.
3: Andy Reid with the mustaches, you seen a commercial, right? <laughs> yeah, with yeah, Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Hey, boss, the man we're gonna oh, get to the bottom yeah, of this. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. How about that how about this one? There's a teacher, right? Did you see this one? The teacher who was teaching health class. And now he's on administrative leave. Paramus High School. He's teaching health class. He's got the overhead, you know, and the, everything's yeah. up. And he ends the class, right? He gives them the assignment. He doesn't realize that the projector is still on, so he starts going online and he brings up pictures of women in their underwear.
12: Oh, well, that's that's health. I mean, you know, he had, that's a, that's a true health class, right there. Right. Uh,
3: <laughs> the February 9th incident came to light when students took pictures of the screen and posted them to social media, according to a super. Intendant Sean Adams and uh, the nature of the images and the identity of the teacher were not disclosed. Basically, they were taking screenshots of women in their underwear. Oh, boy. Uh, here's the part, right? The students uh, counseling has been made available to the students. Okay, because uh, there are guys who are staying up at night alone, thinking of women in their underwear. <laughs> there is counseling available.
12: If this is keeping you up at night, there is counseling available. Wow! Could you imagine if you're one of the students and all of a sudden you go, "Mom," <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't know you were doing OnlyFans. Who yeah. oh, no. knew, dude? Hey, is that you? your mom? No, stop it. <laughs> go to the next one, man. That's your mom.
3: <laughs> How about the teacher, man? How about like of, of all? Like, could that be like the worst case? First of all, why are you typing that stuff in at school to begin with? But secondly, imagine your surprise when you
12: don't realize that it's on the overhead projector. Wow! That's just that's just. That's not. I don't even know. That's stupid. I don't know what that is.
17: I don't know what the <laughs> recovery is there either. Like, like you know, there's not this immediate point where someone walks in and is like, "You're on leave." You know, like he has to somehow save face to his students. I'm just wondering how he tried to do that. Oh, he, he,
3: he, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Wrong one. Hold on, I, I wrong website. That's yeah, what it was. No, wrong no, website. Sliding.
17: At that point, you just throw the baby out
12: with the bathwater. You're done, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. You move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. You, you go. You go on. Indeed, try yeah. to find no exactly job at that point. You, they, they walk in and
3: see you and, and you just go, yeah, that was me. <laughs> uh, Pepsi is bringing back Peeps-flavored soda. Oh. <laughs> oh,
12: I don't know about that. I love Peeps. Pepsi. Uh, you know what? You like, you like Pepsi better than Coke? I... <sighs> You know what? I don't know. It depends. It depends on the day of the week. Because there are days where, like, a Pepsi just has. And you, you know, there's like the, there's the Pepsi, and then there's a Pepsi made with real sugar. Mm-hmm, okay. I can't tell the difference between the two. No. But sometimes, you know, you. I drank. I grew up drinking Pepsi. Yeah. But every once in a while, I'll see that I'll see a Coke, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, I gotta. Have a Coke. I, I got. I gotta
3: change base here. <laughs> yeah. How about Peeps? Peeps flavored Pepsi. I'm not a big candy guy. They would call it Peepsy, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I well, I, uh, <laughs> I tried this once because I did this like as a goof, where you take the Peeps and you put them on pizza. What? And you call it Peepsa. Ooh, uh, what? Wait,
12: wait. What did that taste like?
3: It wasn't
17: very good. It was kind of weird. It was I, kind of like sugar on pizza. Yeah. When I had two nine-year-old kids who were loving sugar, it was a great idea. It's oh. Like you dropped your pizza on the ground. It's all sandy now. Peep. Yeah, really. P
3: e p p peepsa. Peepsa.
17: And yeah, it was a. It
3: was a. You might say it was a in a taste. Not New York. Eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Steve Trevellye's director Tom Baldinger is here. Beer leak two, unsuited, which is going to be picked up soon, and. uh Beer League comes out, opening day is March 30th, right? Yeah, right yeah, around is, the corner. Is it going to be episode one? Episode one, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. With Jimmy Palumbo. Jimmy Palumbo with uh, Joe Trulio. Joe and, Trulio. Uh, Michael Dege. And he's working right now on his, on his batting average. He is. Get back to 706. <laughs> How about, you know, uh, Anthony Dennison, Tony Dennison was talking about Bruce Willis earlier, diagnosed mm. with frontal temporal dementia. So freaking sad. Yeah. So, uh, it's heartbreaking. You know, first of all, g- great actor, great person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so sad to see this happen to him.
12: No. Yeah. Yeah, for hundred percent, he's uh, one of my all time favorite movies. Growing up as a kid was the original Die Hard, which my parents wouldn't let me go see. Really? Oh, Why? Like, you wouldn't know let well, you go see I Christmas was, movies. Well, well, no, well, well, I, well, I still think Christ- Die Hard is a is a Christmas movie. I thought That's it was a rom Yeah, but I remember that one movie came out. I was, I think I was like thirteen. Thirteen years old, fourteen mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. and my parents went to go see it with my brother, who's eight years older than me. So he was he was or seven years older than me. Excuse me. So he was twenty at the at the time. They went to go see Die Hard. My mom goes, "Go see uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit," and it was like my third Roger time Roger Rabbit. It. And I was stuck I mean, in there watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I can't. And everybody's like, "Oh, what a great movie!" There was. Yeah, I, was so, yeah, yeah. I was so I was so upset. I didn't get to see it until it came out on V, you know, V uh, VHS. Did you ever see the old moon lightings? Oh yeah, he was amazing. I mean, the the writing
3: in that show between the two of them. Remember the love scene? Oh, be my baby, and they're rolling around, knocking all the furniture over. And they hated each other. They did. They They did. Did you ever have that? Did you ever have like people on the set who didn't get along, and you had to be like uh, the go between?
12: No. No, lucky. no, 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 it's, it's always been, we've always had, uh, we've always worked with really good people and uh, everybody kind of likes everybody. That's awesome. So we've, we've been fortunate that way, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's got egos, everybody's got, you know, and as, as you know, as long as everybody checks it out the door and gets the job done, but no, we haven't had that issue yet. God willing. So, really knock on wood. <laughs> on wood.
3: May oh. you never. How about this? Uh, Ryan Seacrest is leaving live with Kelly and Ryan. What? I know. It's a, it's a tough job sitting there sipping coffee. Wait, and reading is he headlines. really? It's not easy. Yeah, he's out.
12: Wait, when's, he, when's he out?
3: Uh, next couple of months. before When he goes to L.A. to film American Idol.
12: Get out. Goodbye. He's yeah. like out, out. He's out, done. out. Yeah. Oh. He's, um, Honey, he, I'm sorry. My, my wife watches it. She loves that. She loves it. Guess who's replacing him. Oh, no. Who? Take a guess. I couldn't even. I, uh, I don't know. Who? The, um, for me, the worst
3: possible nightmare. Mark Consuelos, the husband. Her husband. Her husband.
12: No, that's not that? going to go. That's not oh, going to go. No, well. no, no, no. Why is no. that bad? Because it's 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 her husband. Like there's, there's something when you take a, a wife and a husband and you try to build chemistry on TV, it's not going to be say, the same chemistry that they mm. have in their home. You know what I mean? They're there's sunny yeah, and yeah. shit. Yeah. Like it's not gonna, like, <laughs> there's a <laughs> reason why Lucy never got on Ricky's show. <laughs> there's, you know, like they're, they're probably great. They're, they're great at home and they love each other and they have a wonderful family, but you know, you put them on together. It's, well, you it's need,
3: you can't be around your wife, no matter how much you love her 24 hours a day. <laughs> no, <laughs> where you are immersed into work, into play, and uh, yeah, so uh, they made the announcement today.
12: That's got okay. to be temporary with him, though.
3: No. Eh. This, he's the guy. Because you know what, how many times, remember, it's fun, kind of funny, though, because she's a Jersey girl. She's from Stratford. Yeah. They had, uh, Well, first it was Regis. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. And then Regis left, and it became Michael Strahan. The big talent surge, and Michael Strahan won. Yep. And then he split after a year. Yep. And they bring in Seacrest. Now he's gone. And uh, you know was like who else can we get and the idea because I mean, that's the kind of stuff that breaks
12: up a marriage Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get uh, what's the I've oh got him uh, his name is escaping me. Jesse from Full House uh, Oh, John Stamos uh, John yeah. Stamos like what bring John Stamos in that'd be, that'd be You know what? He, He'd be fun. He uh, I, I did a show with him once. Did you this is
3: this is gonna be a great story to end on right? All right, it's in Philadelphia. I'm on a station called Alice 104.5 cool and uh, Nancy glass was the disc jockey. It was okay. Nancy Glass' show. Nancy Glass was... Um, Saturday Night Live did a parody on Nancy Glass. She had a show called... I forget what the show was. It was kind of on a Home and Garden channel or whatever. But Nancy Glass was... Um, she was the host. Okay. And I was the traffic guy. And they would do this deal where you know she would have the guest in, and then they go to the traffic report, and I would chime in, right? So Stamos is coming on. Mm -hmm. My the the woman that cuts my hair, Valerie, was a huge Stamos Stamos fan. Okay, she's washing my hair the day before okay as she says <laughs> make sure you say hello to john stamos for me. Oh, when geez. a woman is standing over you with sharp objects yeah. <laughs> say hello to john stamos right right so now the next day is what comes out the next day uh they were on with doing the bit right and people magazine had come out and they named john stamos the um sexiest man sure so, come on. Yeah, you know, my haircutter thinks you're the sexiest man. Oh, Yeah, I got a blow dry just for knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we are going to end it. Thanks for coming in today, Thank Tom. you for having me. Uh, we'll we do this again.
0: All Jersey. This has been the Steve Travellis Show on demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or NJ1015.com. New Jersey
2: 1015.